You're listening to a Countout Podcast. What's up, everybody? Mikey here. Sorry for the lack of intro. When we first did this review episode, we thought it was going to be one big episode, but it ended up turning into two parts, so, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, here's the spring break and part two of our big collective review for Independent Waters. Thank you so much for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. Alright, well thank you to Amanda for hopping in for that real hot girl shit review. Uh that was an awesome show. I I, I was I, I was very pleased by it. I'm sure that came off in the review. Uh <laughs> yeah, it was good. next up Yeah. Next up we got a special one. We got uh Ricky Shane Page's spring break. Not Joey Janela's spring break. We got uh RSP spring break uh coming up, taken over by four four oh. Uh, this is this was this was a very interesting pay per view to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I think this pay per view. This is a fun pay per view. It had very. It had very high, very high highs and very low lows. Oh, uh, there were definitely some matches on here that I was like, I could have done without that, but okay. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Uh, why don't we? You know what? We've th- this review has got this review has been going on for God knows how long. So why don't we just hop right on into it? Yeah. All right. First match, nice. I believe, is... We got Starboy Charlie taking yes. on Billy Starks. I thought this uh, was a nice, solid match to open the card. I also I agree. This is a really solid opener between the two of these between the two of these competitors. Uh, it's crazy how young both of these people are. I every time they said like, oh, you know, she's like fifteen, he's like eighteen. I was like, fuck both of you, man. I'm I was like, wow. And I'm just oh god. Wow, I'm twenty four and feeling upset now. It's, it's what like, is what that damn. made me feel. God, it's like when um back when like Osprey was like younger and they're like, oh, you know, he's like twenty, and I'm like cries in nineteen or something like that. I was like, fuck, man. Man, it's wild. It's wild, huh? It really anyway, is. Anyway, they they put out a great match to start off. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really really good show of young talent. Both of these two have such a long way to go. Oh uh, yeah. Is there any 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 spots you want to talk about in particular? Because I don't know about you, but I, I didn't. Nothing really blew me away. I've got two spots here that um that stuck out for me a bit, which okay. was um after the um was it came off um after the suplex where Starboy tried to do a handstand on the top rope. You know, like where like your opponent throws you into the rope. You kind of mm-hmm. like handstand on top of the top turnbuckle, mainly because oh, Billy just yeah, straight yeah, yeah. kicked him square in the nose, and then yep. hit a bridging electric chair. Very good. Love the electric chair, the nose shot. I distinctly remember you and I both going like, "Oh, that! Ow!" Yo, <laughs> you'll feel yeah, that. That was morning. really sick. I I thought the final strikes in the um when the two of them were like beating the shit out of each other was great, which was like the forearm by Charlie to the heel kick by Starks, the spinning roundhouse kick by Charlie to end it, and yep. uh. Overall, I think those are the two main ones that stuck out for me. But yeah, I thought this was solid. I enjoyed myself with this. I was not 
I was not upset that this car was matched on the card. I was like, it's good shit. These two definitely have a long way to go, but they have very bright futures if they can keep improving off of this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what are we giving this one? I gave this one a meh. I also gave this one a meh. Didn't blow my socks off. Don't hate it. I'm happy. Yeah. All right, let's get right into the next match, shall we? This is a this is a surprise match, because on the card, all it said was that Ryan and Beverly would be on here somewhere. Yes, this was... Uh... This was uh, Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan from 440 uh, taking on Iron Beast. I love Iron Beast so much. Man, what a what a massive tag team these two are, huh? Oh, they're absolute units two, of a tag team. Two gigantic human beings who are just ready to throw people around. Mm-hmm. This match gave me vibes for um, our Take Care of You when it was the Mance Warner versus... I forgot the other guy's name already. You remember... You know which match I'm talking about, correct? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that match. The, the 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 one guy. This who match, was like a who was came out and started throwing money around or something. You yeah. About how broke I'm sad that was. I can't remember his name because I like I like my cocky heels and I wanted to watch from. I'll I'll find it later when I'm looking for more matches. Mm. But this match gave me vibes for that in the sense that this match was not terribly long. It had a lot of really enjoyable spots that popped me off, and I got to see Iron Beast just absolutely clobber the shit out of Be- Ryan and Beverly, which was basically yeah, the it- theme of this spring break. It was nice to see four. Basically, the theme of this spring break is four for zero getting their comeuppets, except for one. But we'll except get for that one, later. but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this match was just K- uh, KTB and uh, Shane Mercer just absolutely annihilating. Uh, like four, this match Bob, started Bobby off Beverly and Eric Ryan with fucking. I believe it was KTB picking up Ryan and Beverly on both of his shoulders, and then Mercer hit a Doomsday device on both of them. That was the start of this match. Yeah. Uh, there's Eric Ryan getting uh, power bomb through the door in the corner was another mm-hmm. big spot. From, there was uh, a spot KTB. where uh, I believe it was Mercer grabbed Ryan off the shoulders of KTB from the outside and lifted him into a superplex into the ring. Mm-hmm. The finish I loved because it was some shit you had only seen like a wrestling video game. Mm-hmm. Like Mercer gets Ryan in a gorilla press. He drops him and catches him, and then Moonsault slams him to the ground, rolls up onto his feet, still holding onto him, throws him to KTB, who power slams him, and then KTB picks him up, still holding onto him, and then throws him back to Ryan, who then just uses the momentum to German him for the win. Such a great tag team. It was straight up out of like a finisher you get in a game where you're just like, yeah, I can power slam off of that, and you just see it happening, Yo. and you're like, this isn't realistic at all, and then you see these two do it, and you're like, yes. Yes, it absolutely ruled. Uh, these two have great chemistry together, and I love mm-hmm. I love watching an Iron Beast match. Yeah. What, are, right. you, what are you thinking, Mikey? I'm thinking high meh for this one. I also was going to give it a high meh. I love, I love, I loved what, you know, it, it would have been a meh with any other team, but for me, since it was 4-4-0 getting their absolute asses kicked, it was, it, it pushed it up for me. Mm-hmm. It's also, for me also, it was nice, because it was, I believe it was my only Iron Beast match of the night I saw, or the, the card. I think I saw, I, we all saw, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of matches with them individually, or a couple yeah, matches. Yeah, we saw, we saw matches with KTB, we saw matches with Shane Mercer, but, but that was never, the only, I think that was yeah. the only time we saw Iron So it was Beast. nice, this got the crowd going, and boy, howdy, the next match fucking let's get into the next one we got a big uh a big lucha lucha six-man tag team match we got gringo loco black taurus and arez taking on laredo kid dragon bane and aramis this match was bonkers there is there's like a category of tag matches where like every once in a while you see a tag match that like once it goes like it just kind of like the performers are kind of like let's just keep upping the envelope the like just upping the ante on how crazy we can get with this match. 
it was lucha rules right so it was just like anyone yep. could come in whenever I, I love lucha tag rules just because it's just like it's like a tornado tag match on steroids and it's so nice yeah lucha rules it like lucha rules it like gives a um uh like a what's the word i'm looking for condition or yeah, it gives like a condition to make the the this like that that style of tag team match work, where everyone can just like get in and do their yeah, shit. I believe whenever the fuck they feel like. Yeah, I believe it's, instead um... of it being like, hey, wait, he didn't, he's not legal, and like it doesn't matter who's legal because yeah. as soon as you enter the ring, you're legal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if you get into, like someone of your teammates gets knocked out of the ring, you can just kind of walk in and be like, I'm legal now, bitch. Let's exactly. Go. Oh Lucha my Roll, god, Lucha Rules tag team matches are awesome. <laughs> It really is. Like, this match does not take long to break down to chaos entirely, and it's the best type of chaos. There are so many spots that I have written down here that I could go on for days about, yeah. but I'm not going to because if I did, that would A, ruin the match for anyone who wants to watch it, and B, I and would B, just... we've been we've been talking about this uh, this weekend for God knows how long, so... <sighs> so, yeah, let's... Uh, what what are some of your... What are, like, one or two of your favorite spots in this match, Mikey? Uh, the One of my favorite spots is the triple 450. Yes, that was... Where they all, in unison, hit 450, uh, Springboard 450s. Those, that was awesome. Uh, it was, it was the T, Laredo Kid, Dragon Bane, and Aramis did that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, uh, Laredo Kid walking on the ropes, and I think it was Arez walking on the ropes, and then Laredo Kid giving Arez a Poison Rana from the top rope. Yep, they were skinning the cats with the, with the, uh, other members of the other team. And the Doomsday device with Laredo on... To- like uh no gringo loco had like two people on his shoulders mm-hmm. and laredo kid was all the way up on top and he got doomsday device from that second person's shoulders that was crazy oh that was i remember when i saw that i was like this is a triple tower of doom i was like what in the f-? i'm like whoever's oh. on the top of that is oh <laughs> and and of course how could i forget uh Aramis at the end with the super duper air raid crash or was it oh. dragon bane i'm not sure it was um, one of the two with like a it, super air raid crash. You just kept spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Yep, it was Aramis and uh, casually Laredo Kid hit a moonsault frog splash, which if you think of that sounds weird in motion, it does, but he still fucking hit it. And then Bane jumped over the top rope and just did a spin on top of his opponent while Aramis the all, whole time was all just while spinning. Aramis was doing an air raid crash while he was just spinning in the airplane spin and then ends <sighs> it with an air raid crash and it gets the one two three and mm-hmm. ends the match. It, this match was absolutely bonkers. If we, if, I wish we, I wish we had an entire episode to talk about this match because <sighs> so goddamn, nice. like what an amazing match. There was great spots and like if you're like oh you know i don't want to really watch the spots they had some great strikes too because if you ever watch any lucha match they always make sure the strikes sound louder have impact and they these guys i i love me lucha strikes so i was a really big fan of this there were some power moves by taurus which were just great like just filtered in throughout the match because like you needed one powerhouse in this match mm-hmm. and just overall by the end of this match i was like i want to watch a lucha promotion now really badly yeah all right, so what are we what are we giving this one? Awesome. I'm giving it the mark out. That's a mark out and a half. Yeah, this was this was a mark out match. This one was absolutely bonkers. This shit gave me uh, probably one of the best game. matches, one of the best matches on the card. If oh, not yeah. the best match, if not the best match on the card. I when they all, they all walked out, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is gonna happen. And by the end of it, I was like, you gave me Do Fixer versus Blood Generation, but instead of Hard Strong Style, you gave me Lucha, and I'm even happier about it now. Yeah, this one was this one was sweet. Um, yeah, like I said, probably if not like like one of if not the best matches on the. Card oh yeah, if you're gonna tonight. watch like any match on like this card, this I would highly recommend this one. I you agree. could probably take anyone that's not a wrestling fan and show them this match, and they'll walk up being like, "Wrestling's pretty sick." 
Yep. All right. So next up, let's get into that after that mark out. We got Jordan Oliver taking on Blackheart Leo Rush. God, I fucking loved the promo package, the entrance of oh, Blackheart. Oh, yeah. The promo before this was – the promo was awesome. The entrance was awesome. The I promo where Jordan Oliver put the videotape into the, the, the VCR – and then he got CZW Blackheart shit, and I was just like, oh, I forgot this yeah. is Blackheart. I was so happy. I've never seen a Blackheart match. All I saw people on Twitter all, like, when he was teasing it for, I think, this mm-hmm. event. I was like, what the fuck is Blackheart? And I saw a picture of it, and I was like, that looks awesome. It's like it's like Leo Rush's version of Finn Balor's Demon, basically. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that uh, was actually one of my favorite parts of this entire match, the character work of uh, Rush. Like, Rush was like, mm-hmm. there were points in this match where Rush was like, some mixture of like the grudge and the ring walking around this ring or like getting it from the ground that I was like, that's just, that's oh, just one creepy. Of my, one of my favorite character parts from Blackheart is when he, I get, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. Uh, when he put Jordan Oliver through the doors. Yeah. And he like grabbed his head and cradled him and just kept saying, yep. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Just I so was like, Jesus Christ. Love that. Um, that was creepy. But anyway, to start off this match, I really like the spot of Jordan Oliver just immediately hitting a cloud cutter to the outside. Oh, yeah, and once I realized that, that was a finisher, which you explained to me, because for some reason, I've never seen Jordan Oliver hit the cloud cutter and, like, or, like, I don't recall that being no, his finisher not, for some No, it's reason. not cloud cutter, it's clout cutter. That's, I'm so happy that you corrected me, because that's even better. It's clout, yeah, like, I, like God, getting that clout. Whoever came up with that name, if it's Jordan Oliver, that, that was a stroke of genius right there. <laughs> but, um... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was like, that was literally when I realized that after the fact, I was like, holy shit, he just hit his fucking finisher on him right out the gate. Yep, right. And then literally as we started, he hit the cloud cutter. Um, one of my, another one of my favorite parts is when Rush runs around the ring and builds up a bunch of speed and just torpedoes himself. Oh, he's like Jordan a Oliver sitting on bullet. a chair. Like, he just leaves camera and, like, camera just goes back to painting Jordan Oliver and he just, like, flies out from behind it, just completely wipes him out. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, let's see. There was. Uh, there was another like uh, spot I liked here where after the two took a tumble to the floor, uh, Oliver hit this awesome sequence where he hit a stunner on Rush, hit him with a Tiger Driver, and then after Rush kicked out, he just looked at him and kind of like it's kind of like when a horror movie when like if the the slasher gets up and used immediately hit him again and like run them over, like he just ran Rush his face over with a shining wizard. Yeah, he was like, "Please stay down." This match definitely had like a horror it movie like slasher film s thing with Oliver kind of being like I ain't scared of you and then Rush just kind of always just getting up and being like <laughs> and then Fuck. Oliver being like I'm not scared of you and then Rush being like oh yeah and Jordan being like never mind never mind uh this is kind of oh oh man there oh god the drive like I said the driver through the doors was insane that was the, the apron that fucking spot looked rough because like they just that those doors exploded right yeah. below, and I was like, oh, Oliver just took a nasty fucking hit with that. Yeah, uh, and then right after, like I said, Rush cradling Jordan and being like, and just petting his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the end of this match is obviously uh, Leo Rush hitting that 450, or no, the, the big frog splash, sorry, not the 450. The Rush he hits Hour. The, he, hits, he hits the Rush Hour, yeah, uh, and pins Jordan for the 1-2-3, handing Jordan Oliver his first loss in GCW. Really? That was his That's, first loss? Yeah, that that was, that was the, the big... That was the big uh, uh, selling point of this match. Man, there, there's so many things that like I felt like I got caught up on on GCW and things that flew over my head. That is one that's flown over my head. But uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll get into why uh, like what the stuff that I uh, of why that was that's important later. But um, what do you think of this match, Miking? I give this one a meh. I thought it was solid. I, I wasn't really into black. I, I mean, like I was into black card, but I feel like the pacing of the match felt like a little slow. Yeah, uh, it could have been a lot faster. Uh, I, I, I found myself 
kind of zoning out of it for a like for periods of time. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wasn't completely as I like I expected it like a like I guess I guess I I, ex, I maybe I expected too much out of these two, but I I was expecting a five star banger from Jordan Oliver and Leo Rush, and mm-hmm. I just got like an okay match. So like it was like I was a little bit disappointed, but it was like still solid. That makes sense. Yeah, that was my one gripe with this match too. Is that I felt like there were definitely it felt like it droned on a bit too long at points. Yeah, but I I'm gonna give it a high met, but just barely. And the reason why is because I was at a met too, but I'm like I'm gonna give it it just because of how much I liked Rush's character work. Like that's really for me what kind of pushed it up more because this was Makes my sense. first Blackheart match, and I really liked the con- I like Blackheart a lot. And honestly, I probably need to watch some Blackheart actually like CZW Blackheart matches now because the fucking the package at the beginning implies some very sinister shit that he was capable of, so I am... Mm-hmm. I'm very much a fan of Blackheart. Alright, let's talk about the next match after uh, Leo Rush versus Black... After Leo Rush versus Jordan Oliver. <laughs> next up, we got Masada taking on Atticus Koger. For the right to have the skewers, I believe, was the I, fight Kind of. And I don't know if it's kinda, like the right to have the It wasn't the like the right, but, but it was like, like that was the implication behind this. Anyway, this was a grudge match. This was, I, I wrote here, the grudgiest grudge match to ever grudge match. Yeah. Like, that's what this felt like. This was a two-year-long feud that finally paid off here at Spring Break. Pretty much, yeah. Like, the promo package did a great job of putting out of, like, the whole build-up for the feud. From, like, mm-hmm. Kogor attacking Masada to Kogor stealing his fucking skewers. And then showing up yeah. with his own. And speaking nice. of skewers, there was lots of them this match. Oh, gee, they were yeah. sticking out of boards. There was bundles left and right. There was mini skewers. There was toothpicks, which are like mini mini skewers. Mini minier skewers. <laughs> the worst. Which are the miniest skewers? <laughs> the juniors of the juniors. Yeah. The worst looking spot in this entire match. By far was when Masada grabbed the board of skewers, put it on the back of Koger, and just started just kicking it into his back. And when he pulled off, there were just skewers stuck out of his back like a pincushion. And, and the ref was just like, pull them uh, out. That, that 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 was when it was toothpicks. Yeah. It was like the toothpick. Board yeah, I was like, whack. bro, I was like, and they no. pulled it off, and all the toothpicks were just sticking out of Koger's back. And, and just, the ref was like, east, <laughs> just like picking them out one by one. And like, if you thought that was. Like for me, where I was like, "Oh, that's bad," and then that right after this, they were just like, "Nah, I'm Kogar's." Like, I'm just gonna jam skewers in Masada's head. Yeah, the the the, the I dude, it always it always makes me like want to look away from the screen where they just when they just take the skewers, just bop 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 in, them into somebody's head. Yeah. Oh my god. Or like into a... their arm or something, and they just like stick there, and it's like. Mm-hmm. There was even points where like you could just see them grinding the skewers into each other's heads, and I was like, oh no, I yeah yeah i was like it got absolutely brutal they oh they beat the shit out of each other yeah they did they absolutely killed each other these two um oh no i just remembered the other spot in this that made me win good talk about it oh my god masada was in control after like i believe he stabbed koger in the head with the mini skewers and power bombed through a door with the skewers still in his head and then he picked up his green uh koger's green skewers and he rammed them into Masada's... Uh, he he rammed them into Koger's mouth, and then he just jammed them in, and then once he let go, the skewers oh. were just and they sticking got stuck out. But it his... wasn't just, like, one or two. It was, like, a fucking bundle, like, a handful of skewers. Stuck on the inside of his cheek. stumbled out of the ring, and he's just, like... His mouth is just stuck open with these skewers. I was like, oh, no. They got no. stuck on the inside of his cheek, which was absolutely God. insane. 
Oh, man. How do you go about eating food after that? Like, do you just, like, oh, God, ow, ow, ow. You avoid the one side of your mouth that had the skewers jammed in it and hope. I guess so. And pray that you don't touch whatever the whatever scab's going to form from that. Um, I want to talk about the end of this match. That was really sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Toger kept hitting Masada with the, uh, the headlock drive, the headlock DDTs. Yep, he hit uh, him off the top. He didn't jam mm-hmm. the skewers in his head. And he then... then- Hit it again, a, right? Yeah, he hit, so he hit it again, and then he pins Masada. Masada kicks out, gets up on his knees, flips off Koger, and then Koger hits it one last time with uh, when Masada has some skewers in his head, and he gets the one, two, three, finally. But oh, I just thought Masada flipping off Atticus with the skewers just sticking out of his head was so badass. It really, oh, this match was, I very Ko- much like this match. Koger ends up taking this one home, being... Being so far, so far the only member of Four Four O to get a win today, the this 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 pay per view. And funnily enough, I, I noticed this later. By the way, he's the only one that did not show up into the ring dressed up in green. He was actually dressed in all red for this match. Yeah, he was. He was. He was the Silver Tooth Satan today. Uh, this, yeah. this match. All right. So after that, after that skewers match, uh, what, are, what are we giving that? Actually, let's let's get into that first. I I want to give this match a high meh. I'm I'm on the same boat as you. I'm giving it that high map because I just like the aspect of the. I, I like that it was a huge two year build, and I think Koger getting the win was uh, the right call. I respect the hell out of these two for getting jammed in the head with skewers as many times as they did because it's not just like in case you haven't been able to tell. It's not like just like one or two. Like there is like that is the theme of this match is that I'm going to stab you with these skewers. Like there's points where like I think Koger stabbed Masada in like the arm with a pile of skewers. I was like, ow, yeah, like, right, no. in the shoulder. Oh yeah, they they saw they were like our gimmick for this match is skewers, and they were like it's all the weapons we're gonna use. We're gonna use like yeah. one chair. I mean, it just... was it was it was Masada whose thing was always skewers, and then it was Atticus Koger who tried to who stole the skewers for himself. So it was both guys whose main weapon is skewers. So of course it was gonna be skewer central. Just skewers all day, every day. Can we? Can somebody give us a skewer count on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> How many times I said the word skewer in this match? In this in this episode, anyway, oh, it's gonna be a ton. Let's get to the let's get to the next match. Uh, I think we both gave that one a high meh. Yes, which was because uh, it was solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's get to Lee Moriarty versus Rich Swan. This match was exactly what I was hoping it would be. I agree. I wish it was longer. Yeah, honestly, I feel like, like this one was short. This one definitely was a lot. I mean, when you compare it to the later matches in this, yeah, it's definitely felt a lot shorter than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh man! Like there were so many things about this match that I, there were a good amount of stuff that I enjoyed. My favorite thing by far in this match was probably the selling by Swan. I really like, and I, I really like Moriarty working the arm really hard. Yes, that was the whole match. It was. I mean, I'll say it once. I'll say it again. If you want to get me to really like a wrestling match and get me invested in it, if you can sell something the entire match and remember to sell it for all your moves mm-hmm. and even innovate your moves around that, you sold me already. Which Rich Swan did when he did the... But one of my favorite parts of this match was Moriarty was working the arm. And I, there was one point where Swan did like a handspring off the ropes, but he used one hand. Yep. Which was he, nutty. Yeah, he had tried to do it beforehand. He fell and hurt his hand. And then and then I believe Moriarty just like put him in an arm bar while he was recovering. So then he did it again. He did the handsprings with one rope. And then, to top it all off, he then hit a cutter with the non-injured arm too that he just used to handspring. Not his injured arm, because like... I replayed it. I was like, this man, that is some fucking attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah, and it like, is. 
Another part that you could do for this is like when the two of them are slugging it out and Swan's only using his non-injured arm to hit Lee and Lee just keeps punching the injured arm whenever he gets the chance to fight back. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I this match was just great. Like I it was basically it was what I expected. I expected Lee to work Swan over. I expected Swan to have his high flying, like fast paced action when he could. Mm-hmm. And Swan's Both selling guys was got just, their shit in. Yep. It even leads to the uh Oh man, the uh, the, the finish the, the, the was finish nice of this too. match was really sweet. Yeah, the, I the, love the finish for this. The course, the course screw four fifty. Yes, and from, it was uh, Rich Swan was. And it was um, sorry, I can't keep talking over you. Sorry. No, go ahead. It was it was after about, um Swan had uh, Lee had Swan in a modified wrist lock on the top, and in order to get mm. out of it, Swan legit bit the fucking ribs of Lee, which were injured <laughs> from the acid cuff. Which I right, again, he had the tape on his ribs. I will never not love when they keep going back to these injured ribs, and they just don't they forget they exist. Mm-hmm. So happy, and which fa- caused Lee to let go, and Swan knocked him off, and then he hit the corkscrew four fifty for the win. I like how he probably could have gotten the same result from just, like, punching his ribs, but instead he just was like, ah! He just straight up, I, I literally watched it, I'm like, he literally, like, pulled the skin when he bit it. I was like, I was like, okay! Alright, fuck it, yeah, sure! Yeah. And then he ends up hitting that, uh, that 450 splash, and, mm-hmm. uh, that, that corkscrew 450, and winning the match with the 1-2-3, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh Rich, Rich Swan gets the win. Does that mean he gets an independent wrestling title shot? Oh, I would love to see that. Are we going that. by WWE rules? Um, if we are, then, I mean, it's possible because he might be losing the... I don't know if he's actually losing or lost the Impact Championship to Omega. I don't know if that's happened yet. Oh, yeah. Because oh, that interesting. was scheduled to happen this weekend or close I have to, this, no to idea. the other or um, or the collective weekends. I don't know. Maybe. Im- Impact is flying the most under my radar right now. It makes me sad, but you know, this is what my dad's for, because when he's just casually watching it, I can just pop my head in and be like, what's happening? He'll be like, this. I'll be like, okay. Alright, what are we giving Lee Moriarty versus Rich Swan? I mean, again, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give this match a high meh for me. I'm also gonna give it a high meh. It was, I wish it was longer, but it was still really good from what it was. Like, what like, it was was still really good. Yeah, from what the, the time that they had, these two made they they made a they, they had a hell of a good match, is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, mm-hmm. tired. I agree. They did have a very good match. Uh, speaking of good matches, oh. let's get into this next one. This oh. is a this is a big one on the card. We got Joey Janela taking on Chris Dickinson. Uh, you know, as as revenge from GCW Take Care when Dickinson turned his back on Janela, and he uh, cost him. And, the and it's match. and it's 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 Chris Dickinson's fault that we have our spring break and not Joey Janela's spring break. Yep, bastard. Yep. Absolutely furious. Uh, so this one was just a, just a slugfest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, the star of this match, Dickinson, fucking brutalized Janela. Absolutely annihilated him. Yeah, Broke. beating him with beating him with a door, throwing the door on top of him, hitting him with chairs, dropkick bombing the door into his face, smashing him with just these heavy-handed strikes. Oh my god! And then I love the part where Dickinson went under the ring, couldn't find any chairs, told the fan to give him some chairs, and they just started throwing him into the and ring. All everyone started tossing chairs in. <laughs> and one, even the ref commentary and Dickinson roll like, "Stop! That's enough. We're then good." Was, I love it because there was like one guy that threw a chair after everyone was done. He's like, "All right, jackass, we're done with the chairs. That's it. Yeah, like, we're on. done. That's it. We don't need this." Uh, but Janela does end up coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're on the top rope. Janela fights his way out of uh, Dickinson's grasp and hits and hits Dickinson with a big superplex. 
Yeah. Which finally which finally brings uh Janela back into this. I think Janela then hits a tornado DDT onto him, which actually busts um wait no. Was it he a... hits a he hits a uh DDT he hits a tornado DDT from the second rope onto the That's chairs. It. Yeah, yeah, from from on, from like onto the pile of chairs. Dickinson rolls out of the ring. He comes back up and he's busted. All he's busted right up. Yeah, and Joey was already busted open after Dickinson stabbed him in the head with the door. The yeah, with like a smash. piece of the door and just started like grinding it on his head. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, oh yeah. my god! But then uh, a- after after he gets busted open, Dickinson fights back a little bit and grabs a ladder. Oh my! This massively tall ladder with one side with rungs and the other side is just nothing. Janela beats him up and puts him on the door. He climbs up the top of the ladder. Dickinson runs up the top, hits a massive avalanche Death Valley driver off the top rope through the door. And like you said, it's his downfall because he hurts his foot with the way he lands. So he has to take off his boot. And he is so determined to beat He tries to pin Janela after that and Janela kicks out. Yeah, and he's so determined to beat him that he dragon screws Joey's leg twice. And locks in a figure four, or tries to, but then Janela counters it with his own, and <laughs> he makes him tap out surprisingly. I was not expecting Dickinson to tap out, of all things. Yeah. And he loses this match because he was so determined to just ruin Janela with this move that he hurt himself and cost himself the match. I yeah, enjoyed this yeah. match quite a bit. Yeah, this match was solid for sure. Uh, the, the yeah, the tap out ending is something I definitely didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, from especially from Dickinson, like <sighs> the dirty daddy was... is a technical. Just he's just he is a big man technical wrestler. I was not expecting Janella of all people to tap him out. Yeah, yeah, this one this one was wild. Uh, what a just what a crazy crazy match. I was mm-hmm. not expecting any part of this to end how it did. Uh, or anything to go down how it did. I I wasn't expecting Dickinson to be the one to get the ladder. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting Jan- Janelle to to be the one to end with a submission. Uh, I I definitely thought Dickinson was taking this one home, but Janelle ended up taking. Janelle ended up winning, and it was uh, a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. What are we giving it? Uh, I kind of want to give it. I kind of want to give it a mark out, but part of me is also like, hmm. I'm giving it the mark out. I thought it was really good. All right, I'm gonna give it to it. Like, I'm I giving it the mark out. Part of me's this, like, this, this, I, one, this one was fun. I really part, enjoyed this match. I the best way I think I describe this is you know what? Yeah, I, I have written down mark out here, and I like I second guess myself, and I'm not going to do that. I'm giving it it because like God, these two put on like a hell of a show or a hell of a car, mm-hmm. uh, match. And then after this, we, we get what I like to call the palate cleanser match. The palate cleanser match. Hey, can, can we even call it a match? <laughs> No, it was, it's not it was a match. almost. A, we got Effie taking on Gregory Iron in the brunch versus bitch match. Uh, if Greg, if Gregory Iron wins, four for zero also gets control of Big Gay Brunch. Uh, and if Effie wins, Gregory Iron becomes Effie's bitch. I, I just love how just casually Iron comes out with Virgil with a four for zero shirt on and a bar a barrel of Neft vodka with him. Yeah, the most yep, random they're, they're sponsor. shit. And they're like, "Yeah, he's the newest member of Four Four, and you called <laughs> the end of this match before they even got into the it ring." It was like, "It was like, take care." I called that too. You did. You very much did. So uh, Epi yeah. comes in with a chair. He uh, he starts mouthing off to Virgil. Iron beats him with a chair. 
Epic fights Virgil's way back. Virgil's just standing on the apron. Yeah, the Virgil's just standing. He's, he's not even like bothering to go on the outside. He's like, I'm gonna stand right on the fucking corner of the apron and watch this match. Effie beats up Iron. Iron does Effie's jumping mount on himself somehow, or not even so much. Just like just for disrespect. Effie then eventually, of course, pulls Iron's pants down with a sunset flip because it's an Effie match. Mm-hmm. And then Effie slaps and spanks the shit out of him. Which, by the way, if you ever watch, if you watch this pay per view and you watch the this spot. Watch the ref's reaction to it, because it's a fucking... It's just a... It's hilarious. It is a treasure trove of amazing reactions from (laughs) terrified to shocked to a bit of disgust to a bit of embarrassment all in one facial I love it. Yeah, anyway, this let's, let's talk about how this match ends, because it ends Yeah, Rob quick. already, literally, I just blew through that, and if any of you were like, oh, he didn't go through it, this match is literally like five minutes, if you can even call it a match. This match ended when Gregory Iron was holding Effie, and Virgil comes in the ring with the death vodka barrel. Uh, and it looks like he's gonna go hit Effie, but then Effie ducks out of the way, and Virgil ends up hitting uh, Gregory Iron. Effie goes to the outside of the ring, grabs a pair of scissors, cuts off Virgil's 440 shirt to reveal a wrestling as gay shirt to, to reveal that Virgil has been on Effie's side this whole time. This whole time. And then, of course, Effie And then Effie gets the iron. pin. Yep. Flips him all the way around so his ass is just sticking straight up to the sky, and he gets the win. Gets the one, two, three, ends up getting the win over Gregory Iron. What? what uh, you, keep what keeping you, keeping control of Big Gay Brunch. Yes. What What are you gonna give this match? If you can call uh, it a match, I don't even. I want to give it a miss out, but I don't because it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind I, of funny to watch Virgil. To knock Gregory Iron out with a barrel of vodka. This match was... <laughs> and then have it revealed that he has a wrestling as gay shirt <laughs> on underneath his 440 shirt. I... The fact that Effie, like, masterminded this whole plan with Virgil is just funny to me. I just... This match is... This... this, this I'm gonna call it a segment. This segment is hilarious. It's just... Yeah, it's more... Yeah, it's more of a segment. I don't think like, I can grade it on terms of a match. Like, I... If I were to give this grade a, a grade... If I were to give this grade... This match a grade... If I were, it would just barely get the met, only because of how funny I found so much of this, and the fact that this actually played into the big gay brunch. The fact that this was later. right before, the fact that this was right before, uh, absolute and utter violence and brutality, and it was also after utter absolute violence and brutality. Yeah. <laughs> like, just it's it's juxtaposition in term in where it was on this card. I, I think I would have liked this match so much more if it was started off the night. <laughs> I or like came or like was more toward the beginning. I feel that because, but at the same time, like I kind of understand why because like if you put this the Dickinson Janela match and the main event right back to back with each other, it might have fatigued the crowd because of. How... I don't know the fact with how long it took them to set up the main event. I, I think everyone could that, have recovered. That is very true. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah, it took a long ass time for this main event to get set up. Which, by the to way, be, to be fair. Is, uh, makes anyway, sense. let's let, let's get to that. This is this is a, a very 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 low meh. It's fine if you if you th- if you if you feel like watching it, do it. But it's not like a a, a it, wrestling match, wrestling match. Like, it's, it's like whatever. Just a, it's just a nice. It's a skit. Yeah, it's a fun. It's, it's a, a fun, fun skit thing that happens. Anyway, let's get to the main event. Oh boy, here we fucking we got go, baby. Ricky Shane Page, the leader of four four zero, and the GCW Heavyweight Champion. Take it on Nick fucking Gage in a death match. Oh my god. Uh, so, for the GCW championship. This match 
was being set up, and Mike and I were just kind of watching it, and like they put like a, a fuck ton of light tubes on the ropes. And Mike and I were like, all right, fine. And then Mikey pointed out to me the ominous scaffolding just slowly Dude, being just brought in a over. scaffold. Like, why? Uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll see why. But at the, at the time, Mikey was like, "Is that a scaffolding?" I was like, "They're talking about." And then when it got to the thing, I was like, "Oh my god, that's like a three-story tall scaffolding." I'm like, "What the yeah. fuck are you?" Okay. They brought in a scaffold. They brought in a table that had a, a, a bunch of light tubes on it. They brought in a barbed wire uh, board, I think. Yes, yeah, so it was they a barbed wire board, a, glass pane table, and then a, a glass table tables. That was, and then a table whose top was just solely made out of light tubes. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun stuff, basically. Yeah, I, I like how Gage just beat the shit out of Paige, like, mid the ring announcer announcing him. Like, he's mm-hmm. whooped his ass with light tubes. Yeah, Gage got right to it. Like, <laughs> Gage just jumped right into the violence. Oh, I love all the juxtaposition of their outfits, too. Like, fucking, fucking Paige walked in with a bright white and light green outfit with no shirt on. Oh, got yeah. Nick Gage with his classic pants, um, like, dark shirt like the camo the camo cargo shorts yeah, the camo cargo shorts and black t-shirt it's like i think it was a tank top mm-hmm. and the first half of this match is literally just it's just sweet sweet karma for anyone that has watched anything with gcw watching page get his ass kicked yeah yeah this is this is just absolute comeuppets and just cath- catharsis is what this is just watching gricky shane page get get the shit mm-hmm. beat out of him by nick cage yeah, there was there was one spot here that I actually questioned because of how it looked that it, the gauge took the worst of it was when he put RSP on the apron like sitting up and he elbowed him through the, through the ape like past the apron through the barbed wire table we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But because of how Paige was sat, he only went through like the first like not even quarter like fifth of the table and Paige and Gage just went full through the fucking thing. That's fine. He got up. <laughs> and I know this is the best part for me at least is that he gets up and he's not been cut open in the slightest. He doesn't look bleeding mm-hmm. all. And then you look at Paige and Paige is just a fucking literal he's a bloody flood. mess. He's a yeah. flood of blood. One of my favorite parts uh, was when uh, RSP went to go throw Gage into the light tubes on the on the on the ropes mm-hmm. and Gage just bounces off like it was nothing. Yeah. Was like yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, pussy. Yeah, he bounced off the light tubes like it was nothing and just came back at uh, Ricky Shane Page and hit him with, like, a uh, clothesline or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of my favorite spots was when uh, Ricky Shane Page was sitting in the corner mm-hmm. and Gage set up light tubes on him. Yeah. And he did the face wash. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> oh, that was nasty. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I... Oh, Jesus. There were a couple spots here. Where... Gage had a habit in this match of going through very poor... Uh, very, um very like fragile tables like yeah Paige that... got oh my god he like suplex chucked gauge through a pile through like a fucking um through the the light tubes which i remember mike and i both going like oh my god that was that looked awful that looked yeah. terrible there was the yeah G- yeah there was that and then there was the part where gauge was going it looked like he was going to clothesline ricky shane page over the edge but ricky shane page like like he yeeted him. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, ducked and, like, picked him up and just yeeted him over the top rope through the glass tables. There was, like, one single feet first through a glass table, which... The, <laughs> the amount of time between Gage going through the, the glass panes and mm-hmm. then Paige... And then Gage... Sorry. Gage and Paige. I know. <laughs> this is a mouthful. 
the amount of time it between Gage going through the glass the glass table and Gage going through the light tube table was very short. Yes, it was. One of my uh, actual favorite spots here for when Paige was in control was when um so Paige finally took control after the beginning of this match and he got his ass kicked and he hit an Inziguri on Gage in the ring and then he just literally Oh no, it wasn't this. It was um Paige threw fucking like a whole handful of glass in Gage's eyes, which by the way looked I remember being like, that was not like dust. That was just a bunch of shards of glass. He just threw it in his mm-hmm. face. And I just love how Gage then clocks the ref in the face. And then it's a DDT and Spinebuster on Paige while he's blind. And then you think to yourself, oh, he didn't get blinded. And then he starts rubbing the glass out of his eyes. Yeah. Except the reason why I'm mentioning this, though, is not just because of this glass not being cool to me. Is that then we get to one of the more wince-inducing, one of the worst-looking spots tonight. If you thought that the bar, that the um, the skewers in the mouth was bad... Oh boy, Gage was like, let me just stab, and carve MDK into the back of Paige for this match. With a broken light tube. He just takes a piece of glass, puts M, and he's in the middle of doing it, and Paige runs out of the ring like the little bitch that he is, climbs to the top of the scaffolding, 440, which at this point is Iron, Beverly, and Ryan, show up. This he- is the point in the match where it looked like Nick, uh, Ricky Shane Page was like a boss battle in a video game, and mm. he had like the health bar in like three segments. Yeah, and then you get him past that once, like like the one segment, and he like goes away for a little bit and sends in ads that you have to kill first before he comes back. Mm-hmm. They set up a door. Oh, my bad. They set up a table, not an actual, not a door, an actual fucking table in GCW, which is blasphemy. And yes. they put a bundle of light tubes and then a pane of glass on top of it. It's right in the middle of the ring, and the fucking scaffolding is so big that it just towers over it. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, this is where I'm at this point. Matthew Justice, Joey Janela, basically the GCW locker room that doesn't like Justice, Paige, which is it was everyone. Uh, Matthew Justice, Joey Janela, and Mance Warner. That was the three of them. I could have sworn there was more for some reason. No, uh, Effie came out at one point, I think, to oh, get rid he had of to, he, Iron. Yeah, he took Iron because Iron's his bitch now, so he had to go and get yeah. his bitch. And then everyone else kind of just strolled into the ring, beat the chef four for zero, got them out of the match. Gage, oh god, this spot was so scary. Gage went up to the top of the scaffolding. He started throwing forearms at Paige, and mm-hmm. he threw Paige off the scaffolding, aiming for the table. Except Paige overshot this table, so he went through the pane, some of the tubes, and then he missed the table and landed in the middle of the ring. Yeah, uh, so that that's why you don't use tables in GCW because you miss them. <laughs> yeah. Gage then walks down, sees the partially broken bundle of lights, and says, eh, fuck it, smashes it over Paige's back, grabs the glass, and just finishes his job. And you can literally just get, you get a nice close-up shot of it when he just, you just see him carving MDK into his back. Ugh. And I was like, I know, that was literally my, that was my feeling of that. It was a perfect, Ugh. perfect feeling of that. I was like, I cannot uh, believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Did that? But... But um, unfortunately, after that, this, it wasn't the end of four four zero interfering because Atticus Coger comes out. Of course, he's the only one that won tonight. Coger comes out and <laughs> way to spoil the ending. Fuck me. Coger comes out to help RSP, uh, and he beats Gage down. Uh, he does. He puts the skewers in Gage's head. Uh, yep. All while all while Gage sets up the he sets up panes of glass between two chairs, puts yep. more chairs on top of those glass and sets up another pane of glass. So we have just like two levels of panes of glass. 
You did a, very, um, a better job than I could describe that. I spent like a good yeah. five minutes being like, how the fuck do I describe two level layers of glass? Yeah. Uh, and then RSP takes Nick Gage to the top rope. Looks like he's going to suplex him through it. And then out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> Brett Lauderdale, the owner of fucking GCW, <laughs> comes out and bashes, uh, bashes light tubes over Koger's back and gets him the hell out of the ring. Gage is able to reverse... To, to get the upper hand on the oh. ropes, hit a pile driver to RSP through the panes of glass, pin him, but RSP kicks out. Then they both get up. Nick Gage hits the choke breaker. Brett Lauderdale counts the one, two, three. <laughs> and ding, ding, ding. This one's over. New GCW champion, Nick fucking Gage. Everything's all nice. Oh, everything's all said and done. Gage gets his title back. He gets a spray paint. He spray paints MDK all over Paige's version of the belt. And then shuts that bullshit out the ring where it belongs. And then as he's fucking celebrating, out of fucking nowhere, John fucking Moxley decides to show up and interrupt (laughs) his celebration. Hits him with a paradigm shift onto the glass pile of the ring of the carnage of this match. And then as he's leaving, Gage gets up. Calls him a pussy and challenges him to a match. Gage I, wants a fucking death match with John Moxley. I cannot fucking wait for this match. But before I go into my excitement for that, I I think it's pretty clear here, for me at least, I'm giving this match a mark out. This one, yeah, this main event's a mark out they, for sure. I cannot fucking believe that Paige was like, yeah, carve MDK into my back and let that be a scar in my back for whenever I walk Paige around. is, a, listen, 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 listen. For how much fucking bullshit we give Ricky Shane Page, he's a fucking badass dude. Oh, he is a deathmatch legend in his own right. He so is, he, he is amazing. He, him and Nick Gage are both deathmatch legends. So I I I I expected nothing the, less out of Ricky Shane Page. The best type of heel. And honestly, that... honestly, people are gonna fucking hate me for this. But man, I'm into Ricky Shane Page. I mean, I'm a I... fan. I am a fan of Ricky Shane Page. <laughs> oh, boy. I am a I, fan of Ricky Shane Page. See me fucking at the next GCW show in a 440 shirt. Oh, uh, you will get death glares from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think he's a fantastic heel. Like, the best type of heels are the ones that you can hate. It's so much fun to hate them. But then, like, when you think of it in hindsight, like, yeah, he, he did great. Like, he held that belt for so long. The amount of heat he had generated around himself was just it's and it's amazing honestly because it made this win so nice to have mm-hmm. i agree the it, it made it it made it all the more satisfying that ricky shane page finally got taken down and of course and by none other than the the fucking king of this shit exactly you know like none other than nick gage the who else could have done it it, it, it king, just baby. It, it just was it was such a good top uh, it was such a good way to top off spring break um, and of course, John Moxley challenging Nick Gage to a death match was is gonna be fucking sick, and I can't yeah, wait for see that. See me in that shit right in my veins right the fuck now. <laughs> I'm super excited for that. Uh, but we both gave this match a mark out, and that wraps up our 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 spring break review. Zach, all, all, as a whole, what are we giving spring break as a pay per view? I am going to give it. A mark out. I am also going to give it a mark out because every, um, almost every match on this card delivered. The only match, the, the lowest point of this show, in my opinion, 
and it's only because it wasn't a match, it was a segment, was the Effie and Iron thing. But it, that made me laugh. Even that made exactly, me laugh. Exactly, exactly. It like, was funny. It's like, I can't be mad at that. That match, it, that segment did exactly what it was supposed to. It made me laugh. It calmed me down. It got me, like, all refreshed so that when this fucking match hit, I was like, all right, let's fucking go, baby. I'm here to see someone get stabbed in the face with glass. And that's exactly what they did. Um. All right. So that is our review of Spring Break. It is a markout pay-per-view. Go check it out. Definitely, if you have the means to. It is absolutely awesome. Uh, me and Zach loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Zach. Why don't we get a little more lighthearted now instead of all this fucking ultra-violence <laughs> and death matches and whatever? Why don't we get into Effie's Big Gay Brunch? I... I'm I'm ready I'm I'm ready to talk about this. This is a, this I had a great time with this too. All right, Zach, we're coming off the heels of spring break here today. We had it was a a crazy crazy show, a uh, huge main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why don't we get into something a little less hardcore and a little more uh, upbeat and fun? Let's get into Effie's big gay brunch. Oh man, I I, I mean I, after the big gay block, I, I was just I'm sold on Geffy's big gay brunch. Also, I can't even say it was less hardcore because the 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 main the main event. Ooh, but hey, we'll you, get there. Spoilers. We'll get we'll there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh. So why don't we? You know what? what it, it, we've we've been reviewing shows all weekend. Let's just get right into it at this point. At this point, what else do we have to say about the collective? Yes. All right. So let's get right into the. It starts off with a scramble yes. match. I forgot the exact the name of the scramble match. Butter. It's like a scramble match. Yeah, something like Jared that. Jared Evans versus Ashton Star versus Alley Cat versus Killian Murphy versus the Whisper versus Frontman Ja or Ja C. Yes, I just like the name of. The the Butterboy Slippery Scramble match. <laughs> it's very good. No, it's great. Um anyway, uh I don't think this was anything mind blowing. I don't even have that many notes. I literally don't have that many notes for this. Uh actually I've got a that's a dirty fucking lie. I have plenty. Um <laughs> It's after after reviewing three wrestling shows, the brain yeah. starts to become like, mushy. Real quick, real quick before we get into this match. I want to point out, Killian McMurphy's fucking theme song was the music from goddamn Shadow the Hedgehog. Was it really? The video game, oh, Shadow the Hedgehog, wow. where Shadow has a gun. It was the <laughs> I am all I am. Oh I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why? Wow. Dude. Out of all the Sonic the, games, Shadow the Hedgehog. I was not. Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> listen. Listen. I'm going to admit something embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But I played the shit out of Shadow the Hedgehog when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Absolutely played the shit out of it. I mean, I've already said that I've hit myself in the face. Shadow with a gun? (laughs) As an edgy 13-year-old was the coolest shit of all. As an edgy connoisseur such as myself, I appreciate my edge every once in a while. (laughs) Anyway, just wanted to point that out. I I heard it and I um, I got teleported back to being 13. (laughs) Playing on playing on PS2. Nice. (laughs) Like Oh, uh, let's see. It was it was whiplash. What have I written down here? Oh, I like the whispers entrance a lot because it came out with a fucking yo-yo, and I was just like, "This man's got a yo-yo in 2020." Yeah, dude, just started doing yo-yo tricks. I was like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> like, dude!" You fucking whip that shit out. And this is you're like, "All right, all right, sick, sick, sick." sick. 
Uh, I actually really like the beginning promos by Evans and Ja, but after For the Culture, I already knew Ja was going to yeah, be like great. Yeah, like battling, they had the promo battle, yep. I had and that written down Evans too, was, yeah. I mean, if you listen to our big gay block thing, I fucking loved Evans' character, and, and this, this just kind of cemented how much I just love, how much of a bitch he is. He's like the male Karen in the ring, and I love it. Yep. That's exactly what his character felt like. I think you said the same thing about him when we uh, when we reviewed Big Gay Block in the I end did. match, and he was the male. He Karen. is the male Karen, and I'm completely fine with calling his character that. Is what's perfect. the what's the name for a male Karen? Um, oh, is there is there is there like a like a a male equivalent to to the Karen? I believe there is. Like like I know I know it's like um. Steve is the wholesome name. Yes, right because it's like Steve Irwin, Steve from Minecraft. Mm. Uh. Uh, I'm sure there's other Steves that I can't think of right now. Oh, <laughs> Steve Rogers. There's two I could, Captain America. There's two I could think of right off the bat. Kevin or Todd. Ooh, it's definitely Todd. Like a Todd. It's definitely Sorry Todd. to all the Todds out there. Yeah, sorry. Sorry anyone who's named Todd, but you're, you've been lumped in with the Karens. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, going into this match. Anyway. Yeah. What, what's, what stuck out for you for this match? Anything in particular? Uh, I like, I like the part where Alley Cat and Jossie were going at mm-hmm. it, and then Alley Cat hisses at Jossie. Yeah, and then while she's hissing, fucking Evans runs in the ring and just hits her with a super kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, what else did I like? Being like, get that gimmick get shit that out of here. Out my ring. That's not. That's not my. That's not what I'm saying. I love Alley Cat's gimmick. That. That. That's that what Evans. I'm assuming was going through the brain of Evans. Yeah, probably had it on his face written all over his face too. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, I love the spot where um, <laughs> where Star just chucked Evans out of the ring onto like the rest of the people just because it was just you just threw him just right yep. the fuck out the ring. All right, exactly. Is this, and is that when he followed it up with a moonsault or was that later? I believe it was after he followed up with the moon uh, after they followed yes. up with the moonsault. That was very good. That was very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. It, it felt like a bunch of little one on one matches. Yeah, it's very much a theme like, which is what for the collective. Yeah, there's been a lot of scramble matches. Yeah, hasn't a lot there? of scramble I matches that. that really advertises each person really well. This is true. I noticed that there is a ton of scramble matches in this in the, the at the collective in general mm-hmm. for some reason. Not that I'm I'm not complaining at all. It's just just a theme I've noticed. Yeah. Uh I think my favorite spot is actually the finish I, of this fine. match, honestly. Uh yeah, why don't you tell us what that I mean, was? It was very simple. It was mainly the Ash and Star hit 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 their signature axe kick on the Whisper, and it looked great. Whisper sold oh, it. Oh, the the, the the scissor be timbers. Yes. Oh, I forgot the name of that, because it's the fucking name of the sh- Yes, I'm remembering now because I love this name when I heard it. But uh the scissor me timbers looked great. Whisper sold this shit like death. I love I love the shiver me timbers. Scissor me timbers. God damn it. A scissor kick. Bad with names. Fuck. Scissor me timbers because it's a scissor kick. Yes. That's how I remember. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Uh, all right. So the scramble match was, I think it was okay. What are we giving the scramble match here? I'm giving it a meh. It was fine. I, it was fun. It was a fun opener. I, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Everyone got their shit in. I'm giving it the meh. I'm gonna give it the meh too. I, first, I had this written down as a high meh, but like when I think about it in hindsight, like it was fine. Like when I think about it, like the, yeah. I, I said, the, the three, the two things that really pointed out to be match, like wrestler wise. I think I remember one thing was that I was a little sad that McMurphy did not get as much offense as I was hoping he would get in. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I remember from this is that he kept getting in. He got a bunch of like good solid shots in, and then he got dumped or knocked out by someone, and then someone else took over. Yes, but you know, yeah, everyone can't be the star of a match. Mm-hmm. 
All right. That's true. But hey, here we are. Uh, it was it was good. good like I said, it was, like we said, it was these. We give it a bet. Uh, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, we got we got the first one on one match of the day. Uh, we got Edith Surreal taking on Devin Monroe. I was very excited going into this match. Yeah, me as well. This was uh, this was a solid yes, one. Very much. Uh, so. I do want to say though, Edith Surreal basically dominated this Yeah, one. I have it written down Devin here. Devin Monroe got little to no Surreal offense just on, he, on this. took a scalpel to the left leg of Monroe and just worked that shit the whole fucking match. Yeah, yeah. Edith absolutely did not let up on Devin Monroe, and she absolutely destroyed destroyed Devin. Yeah, and Devin, props to him. He did a really good job of selling the, the leg throughout the match. Every time he had to use some offense that required to use the leg, he either modified it or sold it when he used it. My favorite one mm-hmm. being when he hit his when he hit his finisher, which is the it's the um, it's the swinging like fisherman neckbreaker. I forgot. I don't know if this thing's got a name because no one ever says the name on commentary. Something like that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't he heard. He always it yet. says nighty night right before he does it. But when he mm-hmm. did it, he bridged with one single leg, and I remember thinking to myself, "Damn, that that ain't fucking easy." Yeah, that that looked really sick. Uh, the one spot I want to point out in this match that really that really uh, 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 popped me mm-hmm. was. Edith Surreal doing the Tree of Woe cannonball into the basement dropkick. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Where she, like, does the cannonball, rolls, like, rolls back through, mm-hmm. and then comes in with, like, a low dropkick yeah. and just annihilates them. It's awesome. It is. I always love uh, Edith Surreal's Tree of Woe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this match is, like, I mean, like, I would go into this, but, like, the match is pretty simple because, basically, at the end of it, his Monroe's legs do hurt. He goes for the the yeah. the um the neck breaker again. Uh, I believe it is uh, surreal counters. He goes for the springboard. Yeah, he goes for yeah, the springboard. And he falls off because surreal like throws him to the mat and then locks mm-hmm. in the Phoenix fly trap submission again because he had wiggled his way out of it the first time and he can't mm-hmm. escape and he taps out. Yeah, this match was basically Edith surreal like just like dissecting yeah. Devin. Which, by the way, I will never not love watching surreal's like technical creative offense. She's mm-hmm. so creative with how she just works her opponent's legs, and I'm like, I, if you're gonna use a submission or like a wrestle on someone, if you're at least you could do is be creative with it. And I love how she goes to the extra effort to do it. Yeah, uh, I gave this one a high meh. I liked it a lot. I gave this one a meh. It's fine for me. Okay, I was. I like. Yeah, I, I, I was. I was a fan of uh, Edith showing off her technical side oh. and just being like, it was like, it was like a squash match, but not really a squash yeah. match. But it was like a squash match, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel that it was like, it was like surreal. I had this one in the bag oh. basically the whole time. All right, I'm rubbing my hands right oh. now because this is like this, this is, the, is oh. this is the match I was most excited for on this card, and it wasn't even close. This I didn't even know this was a match. So this is the sleeper match. We were like, this match came out of left fucking field, and I came out going, this was, "What a fucking are, match!" Are you are you for real, dude? This was the match I was most excited when I saw this on the card. This was immediately I was like. This is the match I'm I'm most excited for for this pay per view. It's not even remotely. This close. shit went right over my head. Like I was literally sitting there in my chair and I saw the young kid. And I was like, "Oh, MV Young's in here." I'm like, "All right, nice." He was in the last brunch, and then Drake comes out, and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> anyway, I'm like, "Well, this one, shit, okay." This one is MV Young versus JD Drake, and boy, howdy, did these two kill each other, bro. These two murder. I love how fuck. By the way, just side of here. Fucking MD. Fucking JD Drake comes out with his full on jacket, his towel. He takes off. Thinking to myself, oh, you know, he's not gonna be wearing a ton. He's wearing a full on like jeans, boots, a tank top. I'm like, it's so hot out there. 
JD Drake is too much of a monster of a human being Did to be not affected give by, a fuck. By, by, by trivial. Listen, he's too much of a monster to be affected by trivial stuff such as heat. Yes. And, uh, you know, things normal human beings are yeah. concerned about. These two just <laughs> rained straight bombshell levels of strikes on each other in this match. And I, I loved it. So before they did the thing where they set up the chairs of course. and beat each other up, I have Slugfest spear into the chairs. Yep. Uh, and then I have in all caps again when they sat down on the chairs, slugfest. Beat the shit out of each other. And then I love how at the end of this, Drake got pissed, stood up and said, fuck you. And he went to go chop Young and Young just caught his hand with his mouth and bit it. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like the spot where uh, Young was chopping Drake and Drake was just like, hmm? Yeah, he's like, hmm. Do it again. Come on, keep doing it. Like, hit me. <laughs> like, say it with your chest. Oh, man, there's a fun little spider where fucking Drake punts the back of Young, and he does, like, that goal, because he's like, oh, yeah, it's a goal. It's, yeah, it's like, field goal. And you, you see in the background, just Young just get up with this look of, like, you motherfucker. And he just <laughs> repeatedly kicks the shit out of his chest, and then Drake's like, and you sit the fuck down with the chop to the chest, and you're gone. Cave your chest in, yeah. boy. Sit down. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh... There was... Another spot I have written down here is the huge slam off the top rope from uh from MV Young. Mm-hmm. The big fall, I believe it was a fall away, like fall away slam, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, he, like, hooked the leg into. It. I have uh the one the spot where another spot I liked that I've written down here is when Drake choke slam Young through the chair after catching his leg like mid yes <laughs> kick, and that's literally the next spot I have written down. Oh, nice. Because, like, he slams into the chair. You think, oh, that's good. The thing, the reason that stuck out for me is that Drake did a beautiful moonsault after this. That he whiffed, mind how, you. How does a man like that? I don't know, man. How does a gigantic man such as J.D. Drake hit such a gorgeous-looking moonsault? Like, it is beyond me. I was just me. sitting there, and I was like, what's he going to do? I'm like, what, is he going to do, like, Vader bomb off the top? Oh, he just straight Kurt Angle moonsaulted, and he whiffed it, too. And I was like, I was like, what is with people hitting really good-looking, like, High flying moves, but whiffing them every time. I don't know. People see it coming, man. Yeah, <laughs> they never see. Uh, the finish actually comes shortly after this. Drake hits an over the head, belly to belly on Young, and then lands a single leg drop kick or a claymore for those of you that watch. I was like, I, I, I literally have it down as a claymore like. I looked. At, like... I looked this up just because I knew I was like, I, I always had this problem with WWE finishers where I don't know the actual name of them. Hits the claymore, mm-hmm. gets the win. And I love how the threat of this match for commentators was that Dr- Young was trying to recruit Jake to his fuck Drake to his cult. And then they were like, maybe maybe JD Drake doesn't want to be in a polyamorous cult. Maybe he wants it to be on one on one relationship. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, sell those storylines. Yeah, I love the commentary for this too. But granted, yeah, I, that's like a that's like a major running threat for the collective. I love the commentary. This this shit was like prime. I like example. some of the commentary. Uh, in the in the next in the next show we review, I have some gripes with it. Oh really? Uh, yeah, specifically with one person, and I have a praising I've got a the other good idea one. Where this is gonna go. Anyway, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, we'll get there. Right now, let's 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 keep talking about MV Young versus JD Drake. This yes. match was the match I was most excited for, and it absolutely delivered. These two. This match. These two. Uh, what's the what's the term as a jr says it was a slobber knocker you know slobber knocker hoss fest These, it was a yeah this match was the just a, it, was, it, it was just a brawl and i yeah absolutely loved it this one got a mark out for me and it was that was it was easiest easiest mark one of the easiest markouts i've ever had in my entire life i also gave this a mark out and unlike mikey this was the sleeper hit of the fucking card for me because i did not know it was a fucking thing and then it 
it was like I walked into the next match and I was like, oh, what's this? And I just got socked in the face with good wrestling and I walked out going, that was amazing. I was absolutely, as soon as I heard, like I said, as soon as I, I follow MV Young on Twitter, like on my personal account. So one, mm-hmm. as soon as I saw he announced, or like he, he said that he was going to be in this match, I absolutely popped. <laughs> I was so stoked <laughs> to see these two I'm go popping, at it. And it I'm absolutely, out. absolutely 100% delivered. It was an awesome, awesome match and I loved it. <laughs> Was I? I mean, I can't. I mean, what you, you basically you took all the words out of my mouth. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next match, uh, which isn't the main event, but it, it kind of is because none, of. none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Effie, taking on Ace Perry in a soul on a pole match. The soul, by the way, represented by the Yu-Gi-Oh card Change of Heart. Which I thought was very I funny. I did not realize that this was on the pole, so the whole match they were grabbing at this thing. I was like, "What the fuck are they grabbing?" Like, is this just saying, like just some shit? I'm like, I'll, I'll suspend disbelief and pretend there's a soul up there. I've done weirder <laughs> stuff for wrestling. I've suspended my disbelief harder. Exactly. Um, this one was also great. Um, I did think this was great too. Uh, Ace Perry coming out with the midsummer gear was cool. Like that one, like the, the movie Midsummer. Uh, oh, that's what that was from. Like, yeah, he came out in, like a yeah, dress, yeah. and I was like, oh. It's like okay. Yeah, he had he had the dress, he had the white dress and the flower crown from Midsummer. It's like a horror movie. Uh it's a horror movie, but it's named Midsummer. It it's I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard very interesting things about it. And I okay. just I just realized because it was uh the girl in like the white the white dress and the flower crown is in like all the trailers, so that's the only reason I recognized it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um anyway, let's get back to this one. Uh, uh, this, this, there's a very intimate start to this match. Yes, there is. Uh, like, these two are, like, rubbing each other's face, and it almost looks like they're gonna kiss. Yeah, I was about to, I was like, are we, am I just gonna watch two dudes just make out in a soul in a pole match? Uh, I mean, it, 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 but would you have been surprised, though? No, but <laughs> I was just sitting there, like, I was like, if it happened, I'm like, I mean, I'm at the event called the Big Gay Brunch. I mean, if it happens, it happens. This... <laughs> <laughs> it was in the realm of possibility. But it didn't happen because MV Young ends up slapping the shit out of Effie to start Perry. this one. <laughs> Perry slaps the shit out of him. What'd I say? You said Young. MV Young. Sorry, I'm still stuck on the MV Young match. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perry slaps the shit because he's not going to let Effie and his <laughs> stupidly charisma and sexy face get into his head. He's That was literally the way his look on uh, that I saw it got from this. Like, he's like, I'm not going to fall for this again. It's like stupid sexy Effie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I at least imagine Perry saw him, and then he's like, no, I'm not doing this again. I just want to know, real quick, why the fuck Ace Perry had a ice pick? I don't know. Ace yeah, Perry just pulls an ice pick out of that. his tights. Like, yeah. aww. Like, he fucking beats up Effie, gets him in the corner, he goes to his boot, and I'm like, what do you get? And he pulls out a fucking ice pick or a railroad spike. Commentary didn't know what it was. And he tried to fucking stab Effie, missed, and then Effie just kneed him in the face several and times. And Effie was like, I trusted you. Like, what the fuck? We were going to make out. You was trying to stab me. Anyway, Effie throws that to the side, and it's never to be seen again for the rest of this match. Never at all. Straight murder and make out, then murder, and then we're back to a wrestling match. Yeah. Uh, after this, Effie hits some huge running knees, which looked brutal because it looked like Effie just picked up so much speed so fast. Yeah, that's what I want to say. He's like, he, he fucking kneed him in the face several. I have it written here. He rammed his knee through his face several times. Yes, it was definitely several times. Uh, then Effie grabs up. A... <laughs> <God. laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. That burp literally just surprised me out of nowhere. That felt awful. Sneak attack. Yeah, literally. Um, So Effie, after you're hitting the, the, the knees... Grabs mm-hmm. grabs some chairs out from under the ring, but when he lifts the ape, when he lifts the apron, you can just see the mess from the main event of Spring Break yeah. <laughs> and all the broken light tubes and broken tables and everything was just God. swept underneath the ring. It's fucking carnage underneath that ring. <laughs> yeah, it is an absolute mess underneath the ring. It's so funny. <laughs> like, like he was probably he was like digging through piles of broken glass to find a chair. Just a chair. Uh, just a normal chair. That's all he needs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but then uh, he sets up both of the chairs. He hits the, the backdrop through the chairs to Perry, which was sweet. Oh, God. And that reminds me. Perry, God, took a lot of fucking nasty-looking mm-hmm. bumps on this in this match. One of them involving the chairs was Effie fucking hit a chokeslam on him on top of two chairs. That were, like, back-to-back. Like back, like like, back-to-back. Yeah. So it was the fucking hard part. I was like, you're back, my man. And then I think I mean, later he took a on backbreaker the match, on the turnbuckle as well. Yeah, that was what to say. He took a sidewalk slam on the turnbuckle below the sole on the outside. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, he fucking hooked!" And like he tried. I mean, he tried to stab Effie, so I, I guess that's the it is warranted. But mm-hmm. uh, Perry Ow. Perry isn't without his offense in this match, though. Of course, Perry hits a couple yes. of solid moves. Uh, Perry hits a big coast to coast with the chair mm-hmm. on Effie. He hits a uh, the the rolling cutters were super sick. Yes, they were. Uh, which which were um, awesome. Uh, the next thing I have written down here is actually the finish. I have I have one more spot on here, and it's when and it's when, uh, uh, Perry was on the top turnbuckle and Effie was on the apron, mm-hmm. and Perry jumped towards Effie and Effie caught him and just power bombed him on the apron. Oh yeah! Oh, I forgot about the yeah. Yeah, speaking oh, yeah. speaking of bad oh, back yeah. bombs for Ace Perry, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that now because I remember going, oh, again on the back, my man. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Effie goes to the top to go grab the soul, and Perry runs up and tries to suplex him, which he does successfully. But while he does, Effie is able to grab the soul and win the match. He reveals it. Everyone's like, oh, fuck, shit. Or more so, Perry's like, motherfucker. Yeah. He's pissed off. So pissed off, in fact, that he grabs the chair and just yeets it at Effie. I have written down here, Effie, the absolute madman that he is, oh because it's his fucking show, God. took like five plus unprotected, <laughs> I have ten plus, but I, I'm gonna say five plus pretty safe, unprotected chair shots to the head. He just took all those! He literally, Only to... he blocked one, and then was like, you know what, fuck it, and just like leaned into it. And then after <laughs> and that, only from the no- the shit He fucking no-sold this shit too after the fact, and he walked up to Perry, gave him his soul back, in a nice twist- he said he just wanted him to not care about what anyone says about him and to just focus on being him. I like how it ended, he... it ended with a high message and not Effie being a dickhead. It was it was like yeah. it was like, listen, Perry, I never wanted this. It was to teach you a fucking lesson about just being you and to say fuck what everybody else thinks. Be as you as you can and make people love and make people like like make people accept you for who you are. No yes. matter no matter what, you know? And and with that, Effie then rolls out of the ring. Perry's sitting there with his soul in his hand, looking so happy, mm-hmm. and the crowd gives him a nice ovation before he rolls out of the ring and leaves. This match was also very good. Two back-to-back very good matches. Yes. I have Jaime written down on here, but I'm changing it. I'm going up to the mark out on this one. I have Jaime written down here as well. I'm going to keep it. 
for I'm just gonna keep it for that. Fair. I feel like I, I liked the um, I liked the uh, a couple several spots in this match. It didn't pop me a lot as much as MV Young versus Drake, but that's just because I remembered more about that, and that was just two meaty boys hitting each other. That's fair. Uh, I I really like this one, and I was I was high met on it, but then I started talking about it, and I real I saw I heard my how excited I was getting. Ah uh, yes, so, the classic mid talking about yeah. a match, aka what I did. It literally went. It literally went up in the it. middle of the review. All right, all right. Let's get after that. Let's, let's get, to get into match. some. Speaking of big boys, speaking of big boys, we have let's Paro get into and, the next one, which is Paro and Odinson, baby, take on the Twin Hunter Gauntlet. So the from what I got gathered, because I believe it was Effie that was on commentary for this entire show, except for his match, or it might have been just this match. Actually, no, it was just this match, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Effie was on commentary and said that basically the way he convinced Paro and Odinson to come back to the big gay brunch is he said, if you want to beat up more twinks, I'll get you more twinks. I'll find, I have plenty of them. So can we real, premise of this- can we real quick just talk? I did not know Paro was gay. That's all. I didn't until you just said it now. There you go. We all learned something that, new today. That actually explains the one part, the one spot in here that comes in for the second tag team that that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so. This match features Pretty in Pink, Bad Bitches, The Runway, and The Bitcoin Boys. All going against Paro and Odinson. Oh, don't forget Effie's surprise team. Oh, yes, of course. How could I forget of, his surprise team? Of his bitch and Shane Black, a.k.a. Gregory Iron and Shane Black. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. So, uh, I... So, by the way, just side note, Effie's commentary was really hilarious, because the whole time it was like watching someone try... It was like... <laughs> He was trying to win, like, trying to figure out how to beat them, and, like, it was just hilarious how he just, like, slowly but surely, as the match went on further and more teams got beat, he was, like, losing his shit of, like, fuck. He's like, fuck, oh, stop, is, don't lose. Oh, stop this losing. Is getting worse. He's like, no, I have a plan. Hold on. And he just leaves. Yep. <laughs> so, um, let's see. I have, uh, first up is, first up for the match is Pretty in Pink. Yep. I thought the Peros Chokeslam on McQueen looked fantastic. Yes. And I, I really enjoyed McQueen's backbreaker to flatliner combo, mm-hmm. followed by the famous or DDT from him. Yep. It was at this point, by the way, that I remembered that I we actually saw a McQueen match the fir- at the block. Yes, we did. I remember. I recognized the name, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute! I know that guy." Uh, I recognized it when he was like his hair started getting all wet, and he had like the face of like "you bitch" on. I was like, "Oh, that's where <laughs> I remember him from." This this match was basically just to put over the end again. You know. Yes, this entire bit was to put over the end yeah the end had showed off their awesome tag team maneuvering and uh their chemistry as a team uh but one team took a uh, the runway took a very interesting (laughs) approach to the match oh god this is the bit i was talking about before go on mikey explain to the to the people at home what the fuck the runway was about when they came in the runway looked like they were about to get into some shit because the runway come in, go under the ring and grab a chair. So it's like, damn, they're about to get serious. But then they set up the chair, and they sit Paro down in the chair, <laughs> and then they start giving Paro basically a strip show. Yep, I believe before this match they even said the restraining order doesn't count in the ring, honey. We're here to wrestle you, and I was like, oh my god, they fucking have a crush on Paro. <laughs> they try to hypnotize Paro with sexy dancing, is what I have. It written was. Down here. 
hilarious because Pero had this no selling face of like, are you serious? To him going like, look, this look of like what I have written, what I have described in my head is sexual confusion. My favorite was Odinson just being like, yeah. just being like, what is even happening? Like he was just like yeah, selling like, it. He was what like, what is the- going on? Like as it just kept going more and more, he's like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? Just beat their ass. <laughs> and of course, he eventually Odinson does. Odinson just, just didn't either. The only, the only, the only thing that broke them out of it is when, uh, no, Paro doesn't even beat the shit out of him. The only thing that breaks no, them out Odinson of this is did. when Odinson runs off the ropes and just like full body tackles both of them, and then <laughs> both of the runway, both. and pins them both. And he was like, "What was that?" And and Paro was just like, mm. <laughs> and "Paro was like, eh. and he was like, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> I believe uh, the Bitcoin boys were next. Yeah. Um. They get taken down pretty fast. Just like all I of the I do enjoy teams. this one was a Just lot like all more. The teams um, in this, call. <laughs> this was a, at least fast paced. I have written down here that I laid a lot of fast paced offense on them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the team's actually got some offense on them. And, and then they're gone. <laughs> then Pero threw one of them into the other one's arms, booted the one that he threw into the chest of the other one, which caused him to get German by his partner. And then they got double colliders, power bombed to lose. Yep. Then after that after was this. Uh, Effie's Effie's bitch Gregory Iron and sh- and his partner no not his life partner his tag team partner Shane Black. I have written down his minion Shane Black, <laughs> but that works too. No, and fucking Iron I- Iron said that he was uh, he was like I'm Gregory Iron, and this is oh, my yes, partner Shane Black, not my life partner, my tag team partner. <laughs> because oh my god, Effie had Iron come out in a fucking thong with a crocodile like I don't even know what it was hanging off his dick. <laughs> it was just like Greg Iron got did. absolutely annihilated this weekend, and I'm I, sure he didn't even give. I'm sure the the person who was Gregory Iron loved every second of it. I love how Shane Black came out and he had this big ass. I was like, I'm gonna win this match. I'm gonna beat your ass. And then he ended up taking this amazing looking F20 from Odinson, where he flew through the fucking air mm-hmm. and just ate the mat. I love how Iron, like, as this was happening, was, like, trying to do stuff, and then he's like, you know, I give up. Fuck this. I'm done. I'm done. He goes to grab no. a chair, he slides back in, and then he hits Pyro in the back, and Pyro just no-sells it, and was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'll leave now. Yeah. Goodbye. And then Pyro uh, and Odinson, of course, destroy uh, Greg Iron and Shane Black. <laughs> so yep. we move on to and the, the we... final team. The Bad Bitches. The Bad Bitches. Uh, who, who was in the Bad Bitches again? The bad bitches were, I had this written down because I knew we would eventually ask, Eric Taylor and do. Mikey Montgomery. Very cool. Uh, they seemed like the team that had that stood the most chance. Yes, they did. Uh, I have the only thing I've written down for their section, because all these segments were like a minute or two long, was that the finisher was really cool. Yes. The uh, powerbomb collider into backstabber powerbomb combo oh, by the two of them. Backstabber powerbomb looked absolutely brutal. Loved it. Yeah, that was awesome. And they put these two away easily. I like how after this, Effie then got back in the ring to get into the end's face. They both all left, and I wrote down here, I doubt this feud between them and him is close to even being done, and I expect no. the, them to have a match in the future with Effie and someone else at the next gay brunch. I'm sure they will. I'm sure I like the long-term booking, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure Effie will find some sort of partner to take them down. It'll probably be like Mance Warner or something. I would love to see Billy Dixon. Ooh, Billy Dixon and Effie taking on the end would be an amazing match. Yes. Uh, why not, Speaking of matches, why don't we get into the next... Actually, what are we giving the uh, Twin Country Gauntlet? 
Normally, I would give this one... I gave this one a high meh. I gave this one a regular meh. I think I'm going to stick with that. It was, like, fine. I'm going to give it the high meh just because of the booking sake, because this is, like, the second match in a row that I've had the end in a gay brunch affair do another, like, um, just completely wipe out the teams they were going against. Yeah. And I'm kind of... I kind of respect Effie and them for deciding to do the long-term booking decision of having a match between them and Effie and his partner, mm-hmm. whatever he picks. So I'll give the high meh. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, all right, let's get into the next one. We got AC Mack taking on Dark Sheik. I said it before. I will say it again. I fucking love watching Dark Sheik matches, and AC Mack was just amazing in this match with Dark Sheik as well. This was a this was another great match for sure. These two had spectacular chemistry in the ring together. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly. I'm going to say surprise because I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't just expecting. These two had such good chemistry in the ring together somehow. I agree. Like, I just love how, like, there's like a, there was like a nice little um, consistent thing for showing how the chemistry between the two of them were. Like, every time Mack had like a power move on, like, Sheik, Sheik bounced off the mat, sold it really well. Mm-hmm. He sold all of Sheik's offense great. I loved the, um, I mean, I always loved this spot between Sheik where, like, she counters an Irish whip in the corner by spinning around, hitting like like she kicks her opponent in the face, and then when they turn around, she then takes her two legs and slams them back mat first with her legs alone. Yes, it's always a cool looking spot. I agree. Uh, this was just this was just a great looking match altogether. There was a bunch of awesome mm-hmm. spots. Uh, the alley oop backbreaker was one of my favorites for sure. Where Ooh, that was a AC, great one. Yeah, uh, that was super sick. Uh, the big suicide dive from Sheik Mac launching mm-hmm. Sheik into like. And just, just the Mac like launching Sheik into the air with it, and just her and her just landing on her face. Yeah, my favorite spot and the spot that popped me so hard was when Sheik got on the top rope and AC Mac just a flex on her, did a fucking spinneroonie, ran up, kicked her off the rope with an enziguri, and then hit a jumping cannonball single leg kick into Sheik's face after she fell to the bottom turnbuckle. Yes. This man did a fucking spinneroonie. I popped so hard for that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- this one was uh, pretty crazy. These two got some pretty wild spots in, uh, which is kind of, for me, it's a little disappointing how this match ended, to be honest. Yeah, it was very, it very much, I remember it caught me by surprise. I yeah. was like, oh! It was like they were trading Aww. roll-ups back and forth, and eventually she gets one and just gets the one, two, three. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a more definitive win I ag- for either one. I agree, 100%. What are you feeling for this match, Mikey? I was, I was, I was on the markout train, but then the ending kind of deflated me. I'm gonna be honest, so I'm giving it the high meh. I have high meh slash markout, and I think I'm kind of with you there. I love like throughout Dark this Sheik, match, I, I was like, "Ooh, great... this is gonna be good. This is a mar- this is looking like a markout," and then like the ending happened, and I was like, "Ooh, sorry." <laughs> yeah, it's like ah, oh, that's a shame. I mean, you hey, were close though. If they want to have another match and have a definitive ending, and they want to go like the long tall for it, I'm down for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love to. See, I would like, love to see a rematch. Like I know we didn't talk about a lot of spots here, but like if you just watch this match, everything looked really good. I agree. Like it's one of those matches where like I'm just like, hey, all look great. Yep. Simple as that. It all looked very good. Uh, yeah. So we got the the high mess here for this match. Uh, let's get into the main event of the evening. Oh yeah. Oh, let's, let's talk. Fucking go. Let's talk about the pup collar match between Billy Dixon. And AJ Gray. So, for the context of any of you that are wondering about this match, there is a there is a story behind this match. 
Yes. So at the last big gay block, AJ Gray was supposed to have an open challenge, but he felt he slept through it, so he missed it, and his match, his challenge wasn't on the block. Mm-hmm. So to make up for it, he was going to have a, ma- a pup collar match with Billy Dixon, but the night before, or is it two nights? Is it two nights? Yeah. Two nights before this, at For the Culture on the first night, after AJ Gray's match, Dixon attacked Gray with a chair and cut a fantastic promo, basically calling him out for his bullshit mm-hmm. and saying he was going to beat his ass and show him who the motherfucking business was yeah. in this pup collar match. It was like, it was, it, it, the basis of the promo was like, not, you didn't, like, like you, res- you disrespected everyone at that big gay brunch because you literally slept on them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that so, and that wasn't fair to anyone who was trying to look for that that cha- to challenge you so they can get over and like make a name for themselves. And yeah. you literally slept on them, and that wasn't fair. Yeah. So going into this match, Dixon was hot as shit, and Gray was fucking. He was looking for some payback, and boy howdy did they show it off in this match. Yes, yes they did. <laughs> fucking Dixon sets up a chair in the middle of the ring before Gray gets out. He's sitting there and he's waiting for Gray to get in. Gray walks in. And Dixon's just sitting there, and then out of nowhere, just fucking Dick Gray just brains Dixon with a bundle of light tubes, and the match just starts off from there. Yep, yep, just walks out with light tubes, slides in the ring, goes, bang! It's like, yeah, let's go, bitch. Fucking going right in here. They get the dog collar on. I actually really enjoyed the uh, the way they used the dog collar for this match. Like, I liked how um, there was a point here in this match where after Dixon got beat up by Gray for a bit, he actually... um was able to get Gray on the other side of a ring of the ring post and use the dog collar chain to pull him face first into the ring post several times. Mm-hmm. I like that. I liked how uh, Gray legit dragged Dixon across hot concrete, which, by the way, Jesus Christ, Billy Dixon, that fucking concrete was is just scalding hot and you're busted open. And he was just getting dragged across it like nothing. That was after they went towards the entrance ring and... I believe it was Gray got a door, a piece of a door, and just started beating Dixon with it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Dixon did make the comeback where uh, he got him back to the ring. And this is a point at the point where I believe Dixon carved, or Gray carved Dixon's head with a light tube on the outside. Yeah. The, oh, God. By the end of this match, these two were fucking covered head to toe with blood. Yes, they were. It was pretty wild. So I believe Dixon is not is pretty much fucked up at this point. Gray gets a door set up in the ring, and who goes through the door again? Uh, the door gets set up in the ring, and who goes through the door? It's AJ Gray goes through the door because Billy Dixon gets up on the top rope or second rope and just starts like giving like a he starts like uh, yelling at Gray for a while. Oh yeah, he starts that long where he starts talking massive shit yeah. to him when he's on the door. And then uh, door. he does the elbow drop and puts Gray through the door. Yes, and then I think at this point it gets towards the end where fucking Gray, oh my god, he hits his lariat on Dixon once, twice. He literally just will refuses to stay down no matter mm-hmm. what he does. And I love the ending where Gray Pulls off the dog collar off of Dixon. The ref's like, what are you doing? And Gray's like, I will beat your ass. Get the Step the fuck back. I'm this doing this shit. Brutal. He wraps his arm in this in the metal chain and just absolutely floors Dixon with not, another lariat. Because not, not only did he wrap the chain around his arm for the lariat, he went off of both ropes. He was, he, was like, he was like, fuck it. I'm oh, getting yeah, a running true. start. He's like, bounce, 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 bounce. Bam! It was, it was like and a freight train. It's like a legit... Annihilates Dixon. Just slaughtered him. I, remember, I think he like flipped over when he got hit with that. I was like, fuck, 
Yeah, me. absolutely destroyed him. Uh, and that that gets to one, two, three, and AJ Gray does end up winning this match. Uh, but everyone seemed to seem to make up afterwards. Yes, everyone made up afterwards. I think came to the I ring, cut a promo. Really good. Said, "Hey, you're both great. Yes. Thanks for being you." And then they hugged, and everything was fine. Yeah, uh, this match is a mark out. I... <laughs> I'm not even oh, yeah, going to match the mark out. It is a mark out. It's great. Like to not spoil it too much for you guys, it these two fucking to quote Mikey went to war with each other, and I was very sports entertained. Yes, they went it. to they went to absolute they went to war, and they did they they did that for us, you know. And mm-hmm. boy howdy, what a match! Really, like <sighs> what a fucking match! What, what a, a card! What would you give oh, it? I'm by giving the way, Effie's then. big gay brunch gets the big gay mark out. It was this, this card was awesome, dude. It had three markout level matches for me at least, three markout level matches, mm-hmm. and nothing got below a met. Like, and the mes weren't even that bad. They were even on the fences between met and high met because they were just fun, you know. Mm. I I give it the markout. I... This pay per view was mm. very. <sighs> you know what I'll say? This this pay per view was easily my favorite of the weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think I'm torn here because I have three matches on this card that I gave a mark out or close to it. And then I have a bunch of high mess and there's only like a few mess and they were at the beginning of the match. Mm-hmm. And like the high mess. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give it the big game mark out too. I- big I'm, game down mark for the- out. I'm down for the good vibes. Good vibes. All right, we if did it. Wouldn't it. Have been, it would have been a high meh. Still a great fucking pay per view. Watch it; you'll love it. Really, really special. What Effie is doing is really special, and what everyone was doing on this collective is really special. Like Alley Cat, Effie, uh, for the culture, just Planet Death, even just like mm-hmm. everyone. It, it it really feels like no matter what kind of wrestler you are, you could be you and find a home. You know, yes. and that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter who you are, there is some place in wrestling for you to belong. And I think that's special. I think that's what makes wrestling special, is that literally any anyone from any walk of life could come into a wrestling match or watch the collective at some point and see somebody like them, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, that's why like representation you. fucking matters. And... This whole weekend just absolutely was awesome. Big Gay Brunch was awesome. For the Culture was awesome. Real Hot Girl shit was awesome. Uh, all the other Planet Death was awesome. All the other shows were awesome. I'm sure the ones we even the ones we didn't watch. Mm. Uh, like the collective is so special. Uh, mm-hmm. I know this sounds like I'm signing off, but I'm not because we still have one more pay per view to review. We still have one more one more event to review, uh, and that is none other than Alex Cologne's Planet. Death coming at you next. Hi guys, this is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Countout Network of Podcasts. 
And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. And see you at the shows. Okay, Zach, we just came off Big Gay Brunch. Now it's time to get into some ultra-fucking-violence. And we cannot do that without bringing on the man, the myth, the legend, the host of your Dose of Death podcast, Lauren Rosenberg himself. Lauren, how are you doing, my man? We couldn't talk about this one without you. <laughs> howdy, howdy. I'm doing great. You know, it's another day in the life. I just got my COVID vaccine, actually. All right. Nice. So, yeah, a little big news there. And I'm ready to talk about some death match. You know how it is. Hell yeah, I got round two scheduled for a couple weeks for my vaccine, so we're getting there, we're getting there. May 10th for me. Way after the 19th. (laughs) Hey, you're getting, hey, almost, almost, it's coming. Yeah. The the end is near. Think about it. You could get your first round of vaccine on 420. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, if only I'm one of the lucky ones. Like, you could be a legend. (laughs) Legend. Everyone who gets vaccinated on that day is going to be a legend, as is, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so why don't we get into this pay-per-view uh oh. let's 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 get right into it me and zach have been talking about wrestling for like two two full episodes now oh so boy let's get right into this one uh this one starts off kind of suddenly we're just trying to introduce the show but no kid osborne has to come out and ruin everyone's fun uh so this one starts off with a match between yeah. Kid osborne and marcus crane uh what do we think about this one I did not know who Marcus Crane was, but they made a big deal out of him. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, it uh, was just this basic squash match. Like, it was like, yeah. it was just Marcus Crane beating the absolute shit out of Kid Osborne. Like, it was great. <laughs> no, um, Marcus Crane, a guy who's actually from my neck of the woods in Chicago, of course. This, this was his first match back in. I want to say almost a year and a half. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. He, it, crazy story about him. He had one, probably one of the craziest recoveries in, in all of wrestling, where literally there was a little legitimate hole in his head from an injury in a death match. And um, I've been fortunate enough to work with people to donate for medical costs because in independent wrestling, as you find out, the medical costs do not come cheap. And um, I, I was so excited to see Marcus Crane, of course, also the host of Planet Death as well. So kind of doing double duty here. Yes. And mm-hmm. of course, Kid Osborne being the piece of shit that he is, designed to poop the party, party pooper, <laughs> as they like to say. Um, Marcus looked really good here for a guy who just got back in the ring, I want to say, yeah, a right? weeks ago. Take, eating light tubes, by the way, like three different times. And bundles yeah. and a super <laughs> Yeah, I had a few. Uh, the one match, the note I have this match is these two took a lot of nasty looking light tube shots for such a short match. I was like, yeah, all right. absolutely. Um, Marcus, I mean, th- I, I'll put it this way. I've, I've talked to friends about this one. It's like, this is really like the see if he can really do it again kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I don't even think Marcus expected to have a match on this show. I, I'll be perfectly honest here. He just kind of he was told, Hey, you want a, a two minute squash match? See if you can just run the ropes for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just see, just feel it out. See how you're doing. And then he passed the test in my opinion. I enjoyed it. It was a two minute squash. As he said, even a little fun after the bell, putting kit through a door that almost mm-hmm. didn't even break. So, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it was it was it was just him absolutely destroying Kid Osborne, and it was great. Uh, <laughs> what do we want to give this match a rating, or do we want to just move on? We're Let's move it. on. Uh, so, uh, uh, it was fine. It was, it was, it was like a squat match. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just not even. I'm just gonna move on. I'm not even gonna bother because it was just. It was just. A, it was just to introduce Marcus Crane coming back and just to watch him absolutely destroy somebody, which was great. Uh, let's get into the first actual match of this card. Yes. Uh, we got Shellac taking on Nolan Edward without the S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves to make that joke. Oh my god. Whoever <laughs> there was actually someone in Florida who starred that. If I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not. not it's not Nolan Edwards. It's Nolan Edward. Oh, it was Edward. Bloodsport. It was Bloodsport that started that because of a typo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Barnett took the heat of it. So <laughs> here we are later, making sure we correct everyone. Without the S. Without the S. Nolan Edward taking even Schlack, Schlack. Even Schlack actually got on the joke as well. So. <laughs> um, what, what are our thoughts about this one? I thought this was a great opener. I agree, 100%. I've seen- um, yeah, absolutely great opener. Um, something I want to kind of point out with, as knowing Alex Colon, a friend of your dose of death. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these matches, as you see, were very stipulation-based. Yeah. They yeah. weren't just bring everything out of the back and just see what you can do with it. There was a lot of playing. There was a lot of intricacies with this. And, of course, this was a bundles of tubes. As you saw, there wasn't just one singular tube. Maybe you saw a many tube. <laughs> it was just like a bundle. So it was like a good old four-pack of tubes. And Schlack showed his athleticism here for a guy who was coming off a bum knee. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Schlack was sh- moving, as they say. I <laughs> legit was sitting there going like oh this is fucking schlack because when we saw him at take care he had a hoodie on so i couldn't even really see what he looked like <laughs> and then he comes out and he's fucking ripped and is full of tattoo- tattoos <laughs> tattoos tattoos oh. <laughs> oh man i actually like the little story they had going here of schlack being the veteran deathmatch fighter and edwards be- edward um, i literally just said it fuck me <laughs> how dare you <laughs> edward being the newbie about here and not being as ruthless as Schlack at certain points. Like, I love how Schlack literally bit a glass tube in half and stabbed Nolan's head with it. Yeah. Apparently, my dog has a lot to say about Schlack. And he yeah. was, like, biting and scratching it open. And then later, towards the end, Nolan started doing some stuff that Schlack did to him. And I was like, oh, look at that. The student learns from the teacher as the teacher beats his ass in with light tubes. Um, yeah, just a little, little nice story of tough love, as they want to put it. That's for sure. This is um, really Nolan's only his second match ever with GCW for a guy who, if you if, if you know his story, it's kind of one of the craziest stories in wrestling where people literally found out he was a producer at Impact Wrestling. I kid you not. Wow. And like, like he's young doing this. He's now like 21, 22, Damn. doing perennial death matches, doing literally everything. A guy who I believe had the most matches, Mania Weekend. Wow, shiz. Yeah, I, I don't think there was a single day where he didn't have two matches on his schedule. That is some fucking hustle. Yeah, he, he hustled all right. I mean, he showed he showed up and I've he showed up against Alice Colonna Take Care. He showed yes, up against he, he showed up against Schlack here. I, the the future is only brighter for this kid. I've literally seen two matches from him and I love him already. I've seen like more than two. I, I, I love no, I love me some no flinch, Nolan Edwards. Yeah, me and he's it, great. 
me and Zach are kind of newbies in the deathmatch world, so it's going to be like this was my this is our first or second time seeing it. Laura's going to be like, I don't know, this was like my thirtieth or fortieth or something like that. So I don't know. A part of the miles, okay. A part of the I miles. know, I know. That's why we that's why we have to have you on for this review. Yeah, we, feel like, we, feel like we felt like we couldn't do it without you. Absolutely. Again, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> of course, dude. All right, so let's get into this match. I'm very I'm very interested to hear what Lauren has to say about this match because this match was talked about on Your Dose of Death. Go check that out every Tuesday and sometimes Thursday here on the Countdown Network. Did we give the last match a, a rating or no? Oh, no, oh, we no. did not. What, 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 yeah, let's, let's give Slack and Nolan Edward a rating first before we uh, move on. Uh, I'll let Lauren go first. He's the uh, guest. What's, what's, what's the rate? What's your oh, rating? Oh, right. We keep forgetting to explain the ratings yet. We just keep thinking people would know it by heart already. And, uh, the, the rating scale... Rating scale is miss out, met, or mark out. Miss out is like bad, not good, don't don't even bother. Met is like decent, solid match, pretty good. Uh, then there's mark out, which is like absolutely bonkers, awesome, and I loved it. Uh, oh. Then there, then we have some in betweens. We have like low met, which is like meh, and we have like uh, high met, which is like pretty good, but not like insane. I would say a high met, like it wasn't like your best match on the card. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think for being only the second match and kind of not upping the ante on the stipulation, which Alex Cologne, by the way, if he ever has his own deathmatch promotion, he is going to kill it because he understands the psychology of death matches. He understands not everything's just a go out, have a 15 minute barn burner. Like sometimes as you see with the way this card's pace, there's matches where sometimes like you had a two minute squash, you had a good like five, 10 minute, White tube extravaganza with Nolan and um, Schlack here, but I mean, it wasn't like the best match on the card. So, like a high meh is definitely where I'd be. Fair enough. I actually was in the same boat. I gave it a high meh as well. I am also in the high meh boat, which is funny enough. We're all uh, feeling the same about this match. We're all the same vibe for this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, let's get into this next match. Again, I was very excited to hear what Lauren had to say about this because Oren Bite and Lauren talked about this match on Your Dose of Death. Go check it out every Tuesday here on the Canon Network. Uh, we have a three-way match: Orin Veidt versus Ricky Norin versus Dame, Damon Spriggle. Uh, I want, what, what are we thinking about this one? Um, yeah, this is. These are my Midwest boys here. Orin mm. is originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now moved to Denver, Colorado, with happily married as well. So shout out to Orin if he's listening to this. He's one of my favorite people. Hey, Orin, congrats! He's, hey. he's, he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. If you ever get to meet him, chat him, or whatever, he is an absolute lovable guy and loves mm. otters, by the way. Interesting. So if you want to go to his good side, you better show him some otter picks. Show him some otter picks or bring him <laughs> something otter-related. Um, Got it. But so going into this match, I've known Damon Spriggle the humblest kid in all of deathmatch wrestling. This kid is only 20 doing that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he's like, he's so to kind of give you guys some context with this there, these are like Oren's boys. These weren't just some random picked guys from the street. It wasn't some like high marquee guy. These are guys that Oren has trained, have taken under his wing who have been with him almost everywhere he's gone. And so this this match meant a lot to me because a Midwest deathmatch wrestling is kind of like a mini black hole. You have your East Coast, mm-hmm. you have your West Coast. Mm-hmm. The Midwest is kind of like that black hole where you get seen or you don't get seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say Oren was putting these guys over hard in the episode, so I was I was excited for this one. Um, I, I will say this with the um, Oren versus Damon Spriggle. If you've not seen that on Time Bomb Pro, it's free. Literally in the basements. The murder basement. They literally went through glass, through tubes, 
It was basically a no ring death match in the most snuff film basement you've ever seen in your life. That was so good. Um, Ricky Norn, I've seen a couple times in ICW Milwaukee. He was in Insane Eight, where literally he got the absolute shit kicked out of him by Schlack. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows what's up. And I'll say this: like this was not the best match on the card as well. This was this was really the first big stage these two have had. And that's really the story of this match. Like, Oren's been here. And he's only yeah. been doing this for, mind you, three and a half years, as I've talked yeah. to him. Yeah. And these, like, Damon, I believe, isn't even a fresh off a year of doing death matches. Wow. And, I mean, Ricky Norn, I believe, like, he, Ricky, apparently, from what me and Oren have talked about, literally was in a, a career crisis where he couldn't find something that stuck with fans. Mm-hmm. The whole gallery ready thing was really like what he wanted to do. What is the new? As you see, gallery ready, Ricky Norton. Oh yeah, he had the he had the uh, canvases and he painted. Yeah, he painted with people's blood. Yeah, he, oh he loves God. that shtick. It is an awesome shtick. If you've never seen it before, it's like kind of like what the hell is this guy? Oh, doing? that's why he had the thing in the mm-hmm. middle of the mat. Oh, yeah, it was a canvas. Yeah, that makes canvas. more sense. Okay then. And, and the thing with this, and I'm going to just put this out there because I know commentary didn't do them justice. Yeah, I was going to say, I would have been nice of... Flat out honest, because I want to be honest and transparent with you guys learning about this stuff through my mm-hmm. lenses, is that like the pro- if, if, we, if we were able to access the promos that these guys did heading into Planet Death, the match will make a lot more sense than what we got. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that's really something that was disappointing is, yes, you had the promo for Alex Cologne versus Lucky, which we'll get into. And you had, but a lot, there was a lot more promo work that was done that wasn't seen on air. Mm-hmm. That was more seen on social media. So like Damon literally did a promo. I kid you not, like in the, like the pretzel seating um, in the middle of the snow and wherever he lives. <sighs> Okay. He was just mm-hmm. being humble as always because he literally, like, he is super humble. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kid you not with this kid. He is super, super humble. And then Ricky Norton had an amazing promo where literally he had, like, yeah, you know, like those Roman um, art pieces in Rome, like the clay ones? Yeah. He had, like, one with, like, his head on that one and, like, the one with, like, the two heads. Mm-hmm. And so he had, like, one where he photoshopped Oren's head on it and photoshopped oh. Damon's head. It was brilliant. So, like, I wish we got more to see that. And he, he's a he is a living promo. Like, apparently, he went to film school. He knows how to do that stuff. So he's like a deathmatch Darby Allen, but bigger kind of in a way. Damn, mm-hmm. some high praise. Okay, cool. absolutely. Um, in the match itself, like you could tell, Damon and Ricky were a little nervous here. Yeah, I, I could tell yeah. they were nervous, and there was a lot of pacing issues with this match. And I'm being honest here, like they both wanted good work. My biggest issue was pacing. Like they did the gusset plate shot right at the beginning. They're like, boom, Ooh, boom, dude, those boom. those Whoa. gusset plates, man. That <laughs> Ow, shit, man, wild. <laughs> that Jesus. was wild. Yeah, that was man. And Orin, he's taking a ton of those gussets because there are some promotions in deathmatch wrestling who absolutely adore gusset plates. I'll never get over that for the life of me. It's terrifying. Those things are terrifying. Oh god, yeah. There's like a point where like he pulled off a plate. I think it was, uh, I think it was, um, I think it was Norton Rick- pulled off a plate. And I just saw the little pointed edges. I was like, oh god, yeah, yeah this, that was a crazy beginning. And then, um, of course, Oren, as I know him well enough, is 
such a fan of the knife boards. I keep telling him you don't need to use knife boards, but he keeps using them. And the wind actually like the knife board. I was so sad. Fucking knife board just flew away. They brought out the knife board, and I was like, I was like that meme where it's like the what? (laughs) (laughs) Those knife boards are relentless. He lost. That's like one of his like main things he uses. And I never get it. Like, I keep telling him, like, dude, you don't need to use the knife boards. Like, I don't want to see you cut open. But he's used it in, like, he actually had a trip in Japan where he faced Masashi Takeda and, like, he actually, like, hurt Takeda with the knife boards. Because oh. in Japan, they're relentless there. They, yeah. love, they love everything violent. And so they did a knife boards match and Takeda took the brunt of it. And, of course, or it felt bad. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to use knife boards. So I keep telling him that. But he loves them. And I mean, and this was a pains of glass death match as well. I know originally mm-hmm. Alex told me he wanted this to be a home run derby death match, but I believe the weapons needed for that were not of use. So okay. class it was. And I will say, like, Damon and Ricky have a future here. This this is like something like to look back on for them when they improve and improve, which they will. I believe me mm. when I say this, they they will improve. And Damon Spriggle, of course, um, had another match that weekend where he he it was kind of the same way. He looked a little nervous, not fully one hundred percent, but mm. um, he's still learning. He's only, as I said, he's only twenty years old doing death mm-hmm. matches. Most most kids his age would rather be going to college or whatever, and he's he out was, doing death matches. He wants to go through glass panes and get uh gusset boards jammed in his chest. Exactly. Uh. I actually, there was one I was part, say, part yeah, that I really liked. Before we give this a rating, I wanted to go through some, uh, some maybe some spots that you guys were interested yeah. in. So Zach, what do you got? Yeah, mine's actually the the finish, so I'll let you okay. guys go because I actually like the finish quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I like the underhook bomb through the through the the glass pane with the knife board underneath was was awesome. Uh, I do wish it hadn't blown away, uh, which it would have been super sick of it, but. It still looked like it did some damage because Vite's back was bloody. If I recall correctly, doesn't he? Didn't he like jam the knives in Vite's head? Yeah, like, no. that was Noran's head. He did the devil horse to <laughs> Ricky's head. Literally just stabbing him with steak knives. Like this is fine. Yep, this is this is happening. It's like the it's like the the dog sitting in the fire. Like this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah the 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 finish was also super sick. So yeah, Zach, why are you talking really about good. this? Since you yeah, were super so Spriggle got glass in like inside his like I call it a utility kilt because I got nothing else to say. And commentary didn't help me with it, <laughs> and he just whips off this kilt and he's wearing fucking like New Japan Young Lion like trunks. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, what are you wearing? <laughs> Got into a strike up with Vite, and then Vite hit the assault driver on Spriggle through the pane of glass on top of Norn in the corner for the win. And I was like, you took a pane of glass, your bare-ass legs, and the ring's covered in fucking glass. And I was like, you madman. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Ricky Norn's actually a big, if you ever talk to him, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's a huge, like, Japan wrestling nerd. He loves Japan wrestling, so... He wants to incorporate his death matches with his love of J- Japanese wrestling. And so him and Orin have talked a lot about that. So that finish was very Japan-esque, as you could put it. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that finish was at, was, was definitely awesome. Uh, what, are, what are we giving this one? I just want a meh. Meh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I have that written down. It's, it's fine. Like, it's a meh. It was, it was fine. It was not against this match at all. Well, I, I mean, like, I wasn't vibing with this match as much as the last one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think, again, that kind of plays into the fact that the real narrative here where this was kind of an issue all throughout me week, and this isn't mm-hmm. just Planet Death. This isn't just where commentary was inconsistent. And yeah, yeah um, there were they were just uh it was overall just... i think my favorite part of commentary was gauge but mainly because I mean, i've yeah. never heard i've never listened to a, like a, to nick gauge talk a lot so this is like my first time listening to <laughs> the only time zach has heard nick gauge is when he's yelling about ricky yeah to hear him sit down and just, <laughs> hear him just be like a chill dude is like wild. he's like i could like feel like the legit enthusiasm and like how much he loved deathmatch wrestling at points and i was like wow this, i'm like this is pretty awesome like there were certain like he gave like certain perspectives on like certain spots that sucked to take or why mm-hmm. they sucked or why they did stuff and i was like oh all right i like that i yeah. I'm, i don't know the other guy that commentated though i, I got nothing i cannot yeah. remember anything kevin, that he kevin did. gill yeah it's... the only thing i remember is that gage tested him on moves and sometimes he, he got, got them like... other times he could not figure them out for the life of him um there was one yeah. time gage caught him sleeping he was like i wasn't yeah. he was like i wasn't watching you got he me he did I was like, oh, he was a tiger on. driver because i remember i was like that is a tiger driver my man um gage if you've ever like i've listened to him do commentary he actually when he was injured he actually did commentary for the neck Gage invitational he's that done it sense. for <laughs> like i think he did it for fight forever for one of the shows it might have been for uv60 but mm-hmm. he, if you, as you listen like he's a fan of wrestling yeah. like, he's not mm-hmm. just a wrestler who just comes in does a job goes out like yeah he loves wrestling to its core so mm-hmm. hearing him talk about deathmatch wrestling from a commentator standpoint was really excellent and it just sometimes you just got to do your homework on who you're talking about. And yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, it's past us now. We can't do anything about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, especially with this match was evident where if there was more background to each guy, like, of course, as I've told you, the match would have made a lot more sense to other people. And especially I highly recommend following these guys on social media, like seeing the promos they did because Oren told them both, and I told them they needed promos. I specifically told them, you need promos to put this match over because it was billed as the Oren Vite, like, showcase slash triple threat, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, because ev- everyone knows Oren Vite. Yeah. Oren Vite's a big name, yeah. Yeah, he's a big name. He's been to Japan with GCW, and Ricky and Damon, they're not so big. Like, they've, as I've said, they're very inexperienced. They're very green. They're not, mm-hmm. they're, they're new ish to this. And so they both put out spectacular promos that I wish were showcased more, but it is what it is. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get into the next match? We got a singles match between Badman Pondo and Matthew Justice. A hardcore war matchup. I want to put a thing out for Madman Pondo real quick. Just go ahead. Into it Cause um. Unfortunately, he did get injured after this match. Like this match did cause an injury. He oh, won. really? Yeah, I so was. I wanted, aware I wanted to. I wanted to make a platform for that because um, Pondo. If you don't know, he's a deathmatch legend. He has done this for a long time. He was a part of one of the most famous deathmatch staples of all time in Bakugaijin with Necro Butcher, um, a guy who has done this for a long time. And I wanted to just kind of. Give me one second while I just have everything here. Cause I'm yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. he unfortunately hurt his ribs in this match. Um, two broken ribs on Oof. the spot that I believe we'll talk about with Matthew Justice. Um, punctured lung as well from Ooh. this. Yeah. And um, I want to send my best wishes to Pondo and um hope he is yeah. 
doing yeah, well. I know shit. he's been in the hospital for a long time for, I believe up to this recording, like three, four days. So I want to, and if um, any of you guys are interested in supporting him, um, I'm just going to put this out there as well. He has a cash app and a Venmo for medical expenses. Um, it's going to be dollar sign. Corey Higdon won for his cash app and for his Vendo, Venmo. Wow. Sorry. It's hmm. at Corey Higdon one. So I want to give my best wishes to Mad Mad Pondo as he's yeah. going through this because um, as we talk about this match, yes, it did happen. He is as ballsy as he is for a 51-year-old. But um, we should just keep Mad Mad Pondo in our um, hearts and prayers this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. I agree. All right. So uh, why don't we get into this one? Uh, this one starts off pretty quick with Justice just immediately grabbing a door. Uh, just just beating down Pondo and going out and grabbing a door and starting this one off. Yeah, I think the two they quickly goes to the outside if I recall correctly. It was, yeah. it was an ECW street fight. This is like for all the this was for all the ECW fans out there. They uh, love their good old ECW brawls, wars, whatever you want to call them. This was like a real homage to ECW with all the hardcore brawls they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they they brought out the, the, that staple gun was doing work today. The fucking dollar bill spot was ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> they both looked like fucking pinatas walking around with these dollar bills <laughs> just stapled to them. Yeah, classic spot, classic spot. I just love the one spot where I think it was just, I forgot who did it to who, but someone like just yeeted a trash can at somebody else's head. It might have been Justice. It might have been Justice. It was just really funny just to watch Justice. (laughs) (laughs) I love the sound it makes when it hits somebody. She's like, donk. (laughs) I'll tell you this about Matthew Justice. I, I can't keep count of how many times that dude has been brained in a match. Because he loves his headshots, and I think literally the guy has a freaking tag team in the indies called CTE. Or crazy tough enemies is, but okay. it's CTE with Josh Bishop, oh. <laughs> and literally the two of them just are literally known for taking a plethora of headshots. So Matthew Justice was on his best behavior, <laughs> taking as much damage as possible right to his skull. Oh, Matthew Justice, he's a he's a treasure, all right. Um, yeah, and Mad uh, Mad Pondo, we got a stop sign spot. Yeah, I love that stop sign spot. The stop <laughs> sign made probably the best sound of any weapon today. When yeah, great justice with it. Really good. I was, was like, like oh, damn. <laughs> just when he uh, wailed it, it was like boom, just right off. We, uh, it was so funny. But before that, we had to get to the we we were missed not to talk about the spot that we everyone talk would probably talk spot. about. Yeah, where where uh, Justice sets up the door on the two Neff barrel plates and puts yeah. Pondo on it and jumps from the the second story of yeah, like the, it jumps <laughs> off the, where the stairs were. God, does the door it didn't even break either, right? It did a little bit, but it the, broke. The, but the, the barrels were too far in. They're too they're too close to each other. Yeah, oh. far out, and I think that's where the injury came from. I figured was, as much once you said broken. I was like, oh yeah, like no. it's just the back there, just completely. Ugly. But I mean, yeah, it was Panda. I mean, he's been doing this for thirty plus years. He's a he is mm-hmm. in the GCW Deathmatch Hall of Fame, as they have given the respect to Deathmatch stars of the past. A guy who has also worked for, of course, ICP at Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um. He is as good as it gets. And also the spy I want to talk about is the freaking cinder blocks. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. The ending of this match. 
I was watching a death match in Japan and I'll give a shot because I'm pretty sure Alex Klein was heavily convinced or inspired, I'll put it, of this match. It was called Horosugiera mm-hmm. versus Ueki. That's his last name. Where they did as many shoot headbutts as you possibly can where like you actually heard a dunk. Like, oh, yikes. And like, I'm pretty... Oh, I, I can I feel that. No, like, if, I'll, I'll find you guys clips of this match because it was the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen in my life with headbutts. And I'm like, I saw 50 plus headbutts during this show. And they also used cinder blocks where they would throw cinder blocks on other symbols where their head was. Oh my and I'm God. like, I literally want to message Alex and be like, Alex, you must have watched Tori versus Ueki and got a ton of inspiration for this <laughs> show. Because I swear to God, I hate you for the amount of headbutts you use during this show. Yeah, this one was absolutely... That, that, that last spot was absolutely brutal, uh, where he puts the cinder block on Justice's head, takes a sledgehammer, and just breaks the, the cinder yeah, block. Yeah, that up the ante, you know. No, yeah, you know. Yeah. They, they, I don't even think he pinned him, right? I think they just stopped the match after that. They were like, no, I, I think pinned him as well. I think Pondo pinned okay. him. In I want to say Pondo pinned him. I wasn't sure, because as soon as that sledgehammer hit, I like went like, oh, and I looked away, and then I looked back, and the match was over. <laughs> Yeah, three seconds is all it takes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very true. Bless you, bless you. Uh, so what do we what do we give in Matthew Justice versus Mad Ben Pondo? Uh, I gave it a meh. Meh, yeah, meh. Like it was slow, but I, it's understandable when you when I now that I realize that Pondo is fifty one. Yeah, I gave this one the high bat. I liked it a lot. I yeah, appreciated I the the, uh, the creativity of the spots. I'll give them that too. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I say a meh, high meh as well. I mean. It's slow. It's Pondo. It's Justice. I mean, they're both like ECW style mm-hmm. kind of workers. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a lot of blood in this one. And I, I've known, like, this was more like your non, like your hardcore slash death, non really death matchy. Like, this was like a street fight. Yeah, it was a street yeah. fight. It was, it was uh, okay, yeah, good, old, good old hardcore street fight with two guys who just love to brain each other. You know, love it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the next match then. We got a uh, Four Corners of Pain tag team match. We got Gory and Jimmy Lloyd taking on Brandon Kirk and G. Raver. What do we think about this one? Um, I actually was vibing with the fast-paced action this match, the first half of it, and then it slowed down considerably, and I wasn't as much vibing with it as I was before. Okay, okay. I understand. Oh, I'm, I'm just mad they brought back, they, they, they did the gussets again, man. I wasn't ready for that. I was like, <laughs> I thought we were done with those. But then they were just in everyone's heads. I was like, come on. <laughs> Those things look so rough, man. Um, I want to say this about this match. So another match where if we knew the promo packages from this would make a whole lot more sense. But of course, you two were at Take Care with the mm-hmm. Jimmy Lloyd G. Raver. So yeah, you had so... some context. Yeah. But I think the thing with this match is no one really knew why Brandon Kirk and why Jason Gorey was picked as the respective tag team partners of G Raver and Jimmy Lloyd, respectively. Mm-hmm. Both like G like the reasoning for G Raver bringing Brandon Kirk is Jimmy Lloyd and Brandon Kirk have a long history going back to the near last days of CZW where they were both in cage of death. And like oh. literally Jimmy Lloyd was entranced in this feud with Brandon Kirk and his wife, Casey Catal Kirk. Hi Kirks. Love you guys. Mm. Um, so, like, they're both heels. They're the heels in this match. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Jimmy Lloyd bringing Jason Gorey, who, by the way, this is his first match in the year. He's been one of those guys who hasn't wrestled during COVID because COVID. You know, 
He doesn't feel the need to, but he came back to this match and was, to me, Gory was the perfect guy for this match. A guy who was a former tag team partner, G Raver, a guy who isn't really a deathmatch guy. He's done a lot of hardcore stuff. This was really one of his like first few deathmatches he's really ever done. Mm -hmm. As you can see, he's more of like a cruiser weight. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that stuck out with me the most that I liked that I was like, he was like one of the few super fast high flyers for yeah. this that I was not expecting, but I was very happy to see. Yeah, he's, and like, of course, there, his promo for this match was really, really well done. And he's not very well known on social media, so not everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. But I was really heavily impressed with his promo skills for this one. He was talking about how G-Raver kept abandoning the tag team. He kept doing this death matches, and then when he got hurt, she raver got hurt 2019. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "Why do you want to keep doing this? Like I'm gonna drag you out of death matches if it's the last thing I do." And so that was the whole thing was Jimmy and G raver. Yes, they're still in their thing, but Gory has his own intertwining storyline with Raver and Brandon Kirk continuing his long lasting rivalry with Jimmy Lloyd as well. So I love intertwining stories in wrestling that come together. I love the idea of this match. The mm-hmm. match itself, the execution, as you said, Zach was a little on the iffy side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, there, was a, there was a couple spots that, that looked a little sloppy, uh, but ended up coming around in, in a little bit. Uh, it, it was like, like, it was fine, I guess. Like, I was I was hyped for it, like, at first, but then I kept seeing the, some of the botches here and there. Yeah. And, uh, it kind of took me out of it a little bit, but then I, but then they started doing other stuff that made me pop off again. So I was like, yeah. very, I was very back and it was like a pendulum swinging on this match. I was like, yeah. off on it, back on, off, back on. Like, I just, one thing I want to say, I, I just love how Gory just casually pull out a fucking fish hook on Kirk, just out of nowhere. It just has a fish hook in it. I'm like, why do you have that, man? You just fucking fish hooks him <laughs> on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little nuts from Gory, and of course, Raver as always, the tattooed needles. Dude. Oh, he doesn't. Oh God. He doesn't leave any ring without trying to skewer someone with his tattoo needles. So. Dude, that was ridiculous. I was like, I thought skewers were bad, and then I saw the tattoo needles, and it just was like, oh. Uh, oh, there's no, there's one spot later with another thing that I there's, I, I want to get to that absolutely, uh, like almost made me just like run away <laughs> from the room, the screen. There are two spots I have written down here as my God, these were the worst looking bumps of this entire match by far. Uh, talk about them. What do you got? Yeah. The first one was G Raver doing the fireman carry slam that slammed Gory through the table and light tubes on the outside because yep. I wasn't aware they were a thing. And then suddenly it was just there. <laughs> was like, oh, they're there. So when he did this, I thought he just straight threw Gory out of the ring. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing? And then, bam, table. Yeet. And then the <laughs> – but the worst one by far was G-Raber front-flipping out of the ring onto a door that didn't break. And he also nope. got hit in the fucking arm with a weed whacker by Lloyd. He just yeah. randomly had this for some reason. I mean, it didn't turn on. It didn't turn on. He still got hit by it. Yeah, he got hit. Um, the weed whacker, of course, was a callback from the I Quit match that Raver and Lloyd had New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. Oh, okay. Oh, where wow. that spot, it was Raver, like, had Jimmy Lloyd tied up in hand. Like, it was, like, those stringy handcuffs. Yeah. Called. And Lloyd was, like, kind of saying, no, I don't quit. And Raver had a weed whacker and weed whacked him right in the chat. So it was kind of Lloyd's. Oh. It was Lloyd's revenge, as I'll call it. That's a weed whacker. 
That's an awesome callback. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the two of them have really had one of the most well organized, organically organized feuds off of an injury, mind you, because Lloyd was quote unquote responsible for Raver's injury, as the storyline goes. And they've turned it into a good long feud where they've had an I quit match, a no ropes barbed wire match, a tag team four corners of pain match. They have made this work for months now, and it's it's really been incredible to watch. Wow, that is a very long and storied sound. I mean, yeah, like you said, like it sounds like it's a little I want to see that fucking weed whacker spot now. Yeah, it's on um it was on the New Year's Eve show that GCW did, and it was an I quit match. It was the first mm-hmm. one GCW's ever done. And I couldn't believe, like, they had they had callbacks to the injury. So, like, they had, like, a ladder with light tubes on it where I think Ra- Raver's face plan, Lloyd, like, there was a razor's edge that um, Raver took onto the outside of to a couple of tables or doors. Yes. And the, they wouldn't break. Yes. I have, I've or, all I remember is just Raver screaming, fuck no. And Tate going through the doors, like eating shit on them too. I was like, my God, but mm-hmm. uh, they're destined to fight forever. Honestly, no pun intended. I would definitely be, I would, I'm definitely looking forward to more of these types of matches between these two. If I watch them, I did like the ending of the sequence of this match too. Yeah. The, uh, the hockey fight between Kirk and Lloyd where Lloyd power bombed Kirk through a glass <laughs> two pun, uh, two bundle. Then he hit that. Oh, that tombstone was a bit rough looking though when he hit him on it. I was like, "Oh, that's." Um, mind you, Kirk had been went into that match with a broken nose from a previous. Oh, <laughs> so I, cause I I talked to Brandon and Casey here and there through a friend, and I had found out that Brandon was really rough going into that match. He loves working for GCW. He doesn't do it enough. Because he's friends, I mean, he's friends with Alex Cologne, so it was really a nice return to GCW for Brandon Kirk, where unfortunately, due to injuries from other matches during that weekend, kind of caused things to look a little rough on the edges, as I'll put it. Gotcha. That would all right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mikey, what was the spot that you saw that made you want to run away from the room? Oh, that yeah. wasn't in this match. That was later. That was uh, later. It was later. It was during the uh, AJ Gray match that we'll get to. Ah, okay. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, we'll get to that. Uh, but this match I thought was solid, uh, even even with even with some of the botches here and there. Like I said, I was very back and forth on it. I was like, yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't decide. I gave it the I gave it the meh. Meh as meh. well. Meh as okay. well. Why did explain, Lauren? Do you have an answer? Why did Lloyd leave Gory in the ring after the match? Like he just he just pieced the fuck out right after the match. He was gone. I have zero idea. Oh, I think here's what. So, of course, as everyone knows, Jimmy Lloyd was at WrestleMania, the viral superstar <laughs> that he is. The Lloyd uh, business, baby. Um, I just want to give an announcement here. I just found out that Jonesy, of course, and former guest of Your Dose of Death, just made the Lloyd business shirts available. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I will be sending out that link on my Twitter at Lauren YDOD if you want to hit those up. Uh, that doesn't oh, mean a running I know what shirt I'm getting next. <laughs> yep, the Lloyd business. So it, it is happening before WWE decides to take that shit down. So we will see about that. <laughs> I say, let me buy it before it gets a uh, content ID or something. But to answer your question, Zach, I believe he was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible for before Mania because he has to. You have to drive. Apparently, 
Apparently, traffic was really like ridiculous around the Tampa Bay area, as I've heard that whole weekend. Yeah, I heard Uber. Uber's like a, I heard Uber's like a hundred dollars. Oh, I, I had a friend who I got him to go to his first ever GCW show who went to spring break. And he yeah. literally told me like, I dude, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, well, the, the lifts are like a hundred plus dollars. And he was able to get one for a little bit cheaper. I'm like, dude, I am so Jeez. sorry. The Listen, the one guy I'm super jealous of is the one guy who was vibing on his porch all weekend, just watching all the matches yes. in the background. I was like, that guy's living life. Cause that guy can just go to his fridge go to his cabinet, grab some snacks, grab a beer, and just watch the show for free. I was like, that guy is the guy I'm most jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is he's a real MVP. <laughs> like, All what right. a hero. Alright, let's get into the next match. Uh, which is a little controversial in the way it ended. Uh, we got Masada taking on Eric Ryan. Ah, uh, yes. Uh... uh... <laughs> Lauren, clearly you have some thoughts on this one. This was my most anticipated match of Planet Death. Like, mm-hmm. to put it in perspective for you guys who were maybe not know the statistics or the accolades, Eric Ryan, of course, is last year's IWA Mid-South King of the Death match winner. Oh, who, wow. Yeah, he won King of the Death match last year. He actually, him and Atticus Koger just won IWA Mid-South, the last ever double death tag team death match tournament. That just happened a couple weeks before Mania Week. Well, shit. Um, like his act, like his career speaks for himself. One of the true best in the world who does not get enough respect. And Masada, the ultra violent beast, a former tournament death winner, a former Nick Gage Invitational winner, a guy who has done it all, who is the OG of the skewers himself, who literally single-handedly brought them from Japan, brought them to the States, put them over in the States. This was like speaking for himself. And Eric Ryan told Alex Colon, I want a challenge. He got into Masada, which unfortunately, as we're going to talk about, kind of um, brings back some memories of good death matches that turned into weird, organically infused triple threat matches. Yeah. Yeah. Or six mans. Yeah. It was like, it, this match was good. Before we get into the, the way it ended, I want to talk about uh, some spots that you guys are into on this match. Yeah. Uh, that before, before like I said, everything abruptly came to an end. One thing that, well, spot-wise, I have one, but I, I want to point out, they had this little mini, like, plastic t-ball bat with little <laughs> thumbtacks wrapped around it. And I was like, what? I'm like, that looks so cute. And then they started just hitting each other with it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's thumbtacks. It's like, oh, Oh no, what the fuck? That's so classic, <laughs> classic deathmatch weaponry right there. That's like deathmatch 101 weaponry with the thumbtack bats. I hate tiny little thumbtack bat. I was so it was like, oh, that's so cute. And then you started like I think it was Masada started like just rolling it on Ryan's back, and I just saw they were sticks just getting All the way stuck around. in his back. Ah, oh, okay. And I was like, oh no, that is a, that cute bat fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh my favorite spot. I think in this match, it was probably the dropkick bomb. Oh, yes. yeah, with the cinder blocks on Masada. That was sick. Yeah, that was absolutely Brutal. awesome. I mean, they like for the amount of time they worked this match, it was good. It, mm-hmm. it, like you, This was a match where, like, if you know their story as I do, if you know their history as I do, you're like, hook this in my veins, give it to me now, fight forever. I don't care if it goes 30 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. 
But of course, we got what we got. And of course, it was kind of Masada's little revenge match for losing to Atticus. Yeah, break the night before, so he was ready for to give an a, of a, a Texas style ass kicking, as I like to call it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a definitely a, a, a grudge match for sure. Uh, I like the I really like the spot where uh, Bev, Bobby Bobby Be- I cannot say his name Bobby Beverly there we go gets involved and he gets up on the ropes and uh uh fucking Eric Ryan comes behind Masada with the skewers and Masada ducks out of the way and he hits Bobby Beverly with the skewers and then the Masada bad. reaches over him and just starts popping him in. <laughs> um, I'll say this kind of I know you guys probably talked about Spring Break already, but. That was a pure definition of a skewer fest. And yeah. if you like, if yeah. you ever want like your, your one-on-one lessons on how to use skewers and how to use them as a cool little parlor trick, you got to watch Masada just do them like a hundred times. Cause he puts the, he puts the elbow grease, no pun intended elbow <laughs> grease into them because I've, I've seen him do that hundreds of times and he makes it look like freaking clockwork. Okay. Like with any, like he could do that to anybody. I've seen him like, do like fan skier shot where it'll just take like one skier and just kind of pop it in. Wow, and I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I saw this photo a couple days ago of like a fan, like, oh yeah, I got a skier in my head. Ooh, for Masada. And um, it is a cheap little pop. Ah, I got some Masada skier. Look at me. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a legend for a reason. And I mean, uh, and I was really happy Alex got him for the show. I was really happy that GCW was able to get him for the weekend because he, he doesn't do a lot of matches. And he's kind of been winding down in his career, so it was really awesome to see him out there doing his thing, as always. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but of course... Oh, sorry, Zach, you have something to say? I have one last thing before the before we get... It's literally right before the end of the match. It was the spot <laughs> where Masada jammed the skewers in Ryan's head, jammed his head in a chair, kicked him in the skewers while he was in the chair, and then uh, picked up and dropped the uh, chair on his le- on his head. Yeah, I was like, that was like, oh, nice. I'm really getting into this, and then we get to the finish, if you yeah. can call it that. Uh, the rest of four four zero get involved because they're and, assholes. Yeah, and start beating down Masada when their boy Eric Ryan is losing. Uh, Greg, Greg Iron, Bobby Beverly, Atticus Coger all come out. Start they're all wearing like red and like gold now. I think it was like, it was it was the re- it was the green. It was like a dark green and like maroon. Yeah, maroon. Was, that was it. Those were like the Tanime exclusive shirts that they sold. Oh, really? And oh. yeah, they had like an exclusive. Four Four O has their own Twitter, so they kind of like keep everyone in the loop. Like, oh, we have like new merch because mm. they've been in a constant dispute with PayPal over merch sales. Fun. So they're they're trying to be soft made guys. I know Atticus had his own exclusive merch for Mania Weekend, and of course, Four Four O did. So oh. it was like it was like it was like in the Tampa Bay beer, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the old colors that they used to have, kind of. Very cool. So it was that's a little neat trick there with four four zero, even though they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I I found the tweet literally in two seconds on their Twitter. Yep. I yeah. wish I we could have bought that. Anywho, yeah, yeah. So but, they uh, they go in there, beat up Masada, and then of course Effie, Manswarner, and Nate Webb come out too stop them because they're being dickheads. Yep. And the match transitions into a fucking six-way. Which oh, six, is leaving... Six-man. 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 Yeah, it, 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 it transforms into a six-man tag match between Effie, Mance Warner, and Nate Webb versus Koger, Beverly, and Gregory Iron without the Masada-Eric Ryan match ever they ending. They just disappeared from existence. Yeah, they kind of yep. just are like, they're like, nope, that match is done. This match, t- time for this one now. 
It's like, like the what? meme where you see the guy with but like that, the two doing the peace one? thing and he yeah. just disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. I wish I wish we saw like an actual ending to that match first. Like they couldn't take like thirty seconds to end the match and then have it be like a post match beatdown and then to have the six man, right? Like it could have yeah, been so easy. It could have, and I mean, I will say this, GCW holds Masada in high regard. He is mm-hmm. an OG of the company. He's a guy who literally when they started the Nick Age Invitational, he was one of the first guys to enter. Mm-hmm. A winner, as I've said, of the NGI one. And Eric Ryan, of course, is a deathmatch star in his own right, who has literally, you, you don't see a deathmatch show without Eric Ryan these days. He has been working his ass off. So I, I don't know if we would have really gone like the finish of a who's going to win, who's going to lose, because both guys are at high stock. Mm, gotcha. So I do. They I am still bummed. I am still bummed we didn't get one, but maybe just maybe down the line we get a rematch here because I'd I'd love to see a rematch and I'd love to see these two go for another fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, I and, and actually have a real ending this time. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get into the uh, the three the three on three tag match. Yeah, now. now that we're here, let's talk about this six man tag match. Exactly. Uh, it was fine. I this match was hard for me to follow. The cameras did not do it any favors. No, no, I, they kept I, cutting I, in and out. It and was rough. Yeah, this was also was the part where the audio got fucked, and I heard the ending of this match midway through it because some dude was talking while live with a live mic by him, and later on, some guy came up and was like, "What are you doing?" There's a live mic right there, and I was like, oh, someone finally addressed the conversation they were having <laughs> in the middle of the match. And it continued into the next match, too. I was yeah, like, someone... I did. I'm like, could you not talk next to this mic? I have no idea what the audio issues were. All I know is I kept trying to figure out... This match was all right. It was just a little six-man tag fun. It was just a little street fight, yeah. Greg Irons with his bare ass out as always. Poor yeah. Greg Iron got absolutely annihilated this weekend. <laughs> oh, he really did. Considering you guys talked about Big A Brunch, where he had they talked about Big A Brunch and Spring Break in the Brunch versus Bitch match. The man literally could not catch a break this week. No, he is he is the bitch of four four zero. I mean, yeah, um, he, poor poor guy got destroyed this weekend, but I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he was like completely fine with it. It's <laughs> my bag. I think out of all the things in this match, my favorite spot was probably Matt Warner and Beverly's spot. Yes. Where they had the chair duel, mm-hmm. and then they that had the, good. the good old-fashioned sit-down bar fight strike-off, and then mm-hmm. Matt's chokeslammed him through a chair. I yes. was like, yes. I'm like, that That was awesome. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's, it's old Mancer, baby. It's he's, um, he's as good as it gets. A guy who literally last year won the Nick Age Invitational 5 against Masada, speaking of. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a real brutal one. Um, who Mance is no stranger to the deathmatch scene. He's been kind of winding down on doing oh, that. Yeah. He keeps trying to tell everyone he doesn't want to do them, but then they keep roping him back in, as I said, with Nick Age Invitational. <laughs> and I, um, he's just he's just a good he's a good old kick ass dude. I believe on the last actual ep- the last non collective episode of Indie Waters, I watched a uh Mance Warner versus Schlack. You did. Uh, in a match and that's that's the other that that match had the there's like three weapons that freaked me out one of Place. them didn't show up during planet death thank goodness but one of them was in the schlack man's warner match and it was that little metal plate with the, the big plate. spike no, no 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 not the gusset plate it was like a round metal plate with just spikes sticking out Mm. Oh. Was it a Kenzon? Yeah, that thing. I don't. I I couldn't. I looked oh. it up. And I couldn't find it. The Kenzon. 
I Kenzans hate those things. What is this? Kenzans are like these Japanese like circular things. They're really tiny and really, but you like kind of like. I the, back in the CZW. Oh, journey. I uh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that, that was a, that was the thing. Remember, I was ta- I was talking about that spot, and I had no idea what this thing was called because they kept saying it on commentary, but I kept looking up the wrong thing because I couldn't yeah, hear what Kenzons. they were saying. They're nasty, man. But this They're is this is the thing that Schlack like bopped into Vance Warner's head, and he had it in the whole match. No, and at no. the end, Schlack just rips it out. Dude, that, I've seen I've seen videos of guys like ripping that out their head. I actually saw one from um, this past May weekend where someone had it stuck in their head because someone brought a Ken's on, and I don't know why we're sneaking them into the states now because that's like a Japanese thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like CZW brought them for term of de- death, and people would love using them, and I don't get. And I've had they they always want to post the videos of after the match of them trying to pull it out and i hate those videos with a burning passion cuz i'm just like you're just bopping it out of a d- poor dude's head this is not for fun and games oh in the in the slack water match slack just grabs it and goes Hup! and in one swift motion just rips it out of his head he's he's that, that they're lucky that that happened cuz they're a lot harder to pull out than you think they look like something out of saw honestly yeah i don't, what is the purpose of it like what like what is it actually used for besides i have zero getting, getting drilled into guys heads in death matches <laughs> i don't see. even i don't even know what a kenzan is actually this is also known as a frog and will keep your flowers in place yeah it's oh, a flower arrangement thing okay so it's a gardening tool basically but you know why why use <laughs> it for gardening tool. why use it for gardening when you could just pound it into someone's head <laughs> god Deathmatch Weapon Talk with Lauren Mikey and stuff. Yeah. The the Kenzons freak me out. The Gusset Plates freak me out. And then we'll get to the third thing that freaks me out later. Okay. Uh, What are you guys, what's the feeling on this this impromptu six-man? It's a meh. Low meh. Yeah, it was like whatever. It was was such a complete, it it was like, I hate to say it, but it was a complete like throwaway match. Like yeah, it was. Effie uh, yeah. rolled up iron while his so, teammates got beat up. The, yeah, whole, like, the whole thing was with this match. I just want to put it out was so. Of course, you both you being a take care of the whole swerve with Effie going to four four zero, which I called by yeah. the way, Zach. Hey, I never said you weren't wrong about that. You <laughs> oh, I, you called it, and I was the first one to say that you called it. <laughs> um. So the whole idea was Atticus had a promo, which by the way. If you've never seen Atticus Koger promos on the internet, like on his Twitter, mm. on his social medias, they are the best work I've seen in the independence. I, I will put over his promo work any day of the week because he's really good at like video editing, like making, mm. manipulating things his way. But his like actual, like him speaking, like you really feel compelled by what he says. Mm. So the whole basis of that six man was like, Atticus can't get the idea of Effie leaving 440 out of his head. Mm. the whole mm. idea was like i can't get you out of my head so i'll see you at planet death you bring your boys i'll bring mine we'll fight so that okay. was that, oh, that makes sense of that match because that atticus really put a lot of work into mania weekend with the masada promo he did was brilliant mm-hmm. oh yeah that was like five years in the making for spring break five oh, years oh yeah that video package was, that, that video was great. awesome yeah that was all atticus and mind you I want to put this out there. I don't know if you talked about spring break, but that whole like match itself, the promo work was all Atticus because Masada is not really internet savvy. That mm. was all Atticus like that. That oh, whole really? feud 
was really on the emphasis of Atticus wanting to face Masada his entire career, mm-hmm. his entire five-year deathmatch career. He's won Masada, and of course, Masada's like not tech-savvy. He has a Twitter, but he doesn't really use it. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. literally, to put it in the timeline-wise, it was he Atticus started calling him out years ago, called him out Tournament Survival last year when he skewered Alley Cat. Oh, <laughs> He he would keep calling him out at no peace underground where he was like doing the skiers. He was like, where's my receipt? Mm-hmm. Ricky Shane Page and Masada had a match that same night. Boom, Atticus comes out and is about to skewer Masada or skewers Masada. And then Masada tries to get revenge at the next no peace show. And um, R- RSP comes and attacks. And then, of course, you got what happened at spring break. Mm-hmm. Wow, so it literally, it literally was Atticus Koger. Putting the team on his back. <laughs> I am going to make this match work. GCW make it happen. I don't care when. We're just going to do it. I like so, it. Respect. Mad respect to Atticus. Mad respect yeah. to Atticus. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So why don't we get into the next match of the night? Uh, we got AJ Gray's open challenge. Uh, and who answers the call? None other than Connor Claxton. Uh, well, what did we think about this one? This is the match where I, it had the, the, the last weapon that makes me very uncomfortable. It had um, the worst, and by worst, I mean the bet, like the most cringe inducing well, spot of the night. I, I kind of, this is the one I like kind of breezed through. I just, I need a refresher on what this weapon was. Uh, it was the needles. Uh, I, uh, needles, medical needles. Yeah. Not tattoo needles. Tattoo needles I was fine with from uh, G Raver. Yes. Medical needles, like the syringes. Uh-huh. Freak me the fuck out. Whenever I get a shot, like when I got my vaccine, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, just hit me, like, yeah, hit me and get it over with. I was exactly. like, nope. And, I, and then I, I, the next day, I had to get the next. This is getting a little personal, but the next day, I had to get blood work, and I was like, yeah, oh. just, just do it, just do it. I'm not looking. I refuse. Like I, I can't do this. <sighs> so when, when AJ, when uh, AJ Gray pulled out the needles, I just stuck him through Claxton's hands. I was, I was about to. I was like. Two seconds from running away, I was oh. like, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." Oh man, um, where's the where's the fast forward thirty second button? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, Connor Claxton is a guy who I, I always put over. He he works very well. I mean, he's a former Tournament of Death champion, I believe, twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. He won ter- CZW's Tournament of Death, of course, the most prestigious deathmatch tournament in the world. Um. Mm-hmm. He he's done it all. He's been every promotion in the world. And sometimes I think people kind of criticize him for his work outtake or intake, I should say. He doesn't do mm. a lot as he used to. Mm. But when he does show up, I always get excited to see him because I'm like, oh, it's Connor Claxton. He's a guy you don't see a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to see him take this challenge. He was in um he was in a future show, um, the unsanctioned pro fueled by spite show. So he was in town. No inconvenient travel for him. It was a good little match they had. I mean, AJ going over, he is a deathmatch fiend from a guy last year who was maybe not about the deathmatch life to going through hell with Alex Cologne to going against Masada at Nick Gage Invitational to now. He has improved massively as a deathmatch guy. So I have been really happy with the work AJ Gray has had, and this is definitely a match I'd recommend to anybody who's interested in what AJ Gray does because he is a hybrid. He is a yeah. flat out hybrid. He can 
do the technical stuff. He can go to King's Road with all Japan. <laughs> he can kick your ass in many ways, shapes, or forms. And to me, this is my opinion. He has the nastiest Larry in all of independent wrestling. Oh, yeah. Larry we, is we, a killer. We, we just talked about that. We after we, we just reviewed Big Game Brunch and with uh, Billy Dixon. With Billy yeah. Dixon, the Larry and the Shane wrapped around his arm. So fantastic yeah. match. Yeah, that we both gave Billy it a mark Dixon. out. We loved it. It was awesome. Uh, it's such a good time. We we actually watched uh reviewed two matches from the collective, both of which involved him larrying his opponent out of their fucking socks off every yeah. time. Yeah. He is. He is a net, as he says. He's the motherfucking truth. The motherfucking, motherfucking truth. truth. Yeah. I, uh, love, I love what he does. So, besides the needles, is there any other spots uh, anybody wants to talk about before we get into the the way? Uh, there was one. There was one kind of silly spot, but it was kind of cringe-inducing that I liked. Where fucking um, Claxton stapled Grace's tongue to the top turnbuckle yes. and then ran up behind him and kicked him in the head, which yeah. kicked his tongue out like the staple oh. out of his hand. I was, I was like, oh. I know he didn't actually, but the fucking idea of his tongue being just stapled, just, ugh. Mm -hmm. Claxton knows how to find very creative ways to use things, and I think that's one of those things where he's, like, very creative. Yeah. does. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite spots this match is when Gray just took the barbed wire bat and smacked Claxton in the chest, and it just got stuck to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was... As I've said, Claxton is a baller. If you've ever seen the tournament of death he won, the way he won it was the most insane, bizarre way ever. It was like a, it was like a tra- it was a, they're on a scaffold. I forget who he was facing, and they did like a fireman's carry drop onto like a tra- it was like a two layer trampoline where mm-hmm. one layer was like light tubes, and then the one was the trampoline, but it was like you know the springs from it. It was replaced with barbed wire. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, this is what CCW when it comes to their deathmatch tips and all that, they are nuts. But then it was like an exploding one. So like when they landed on oh my it was like they had like little like mortars go off too with it. <laughs> that's and crazy. I, that's, that's like the one thing I remember from Connor Classen's career is that infamous spot. And I'm like, if that's how you're gonna win a deathmatch tournament, shut up and take my money. <laughs> so yeah, I remember I was I was uh I I had the I I uh Hold on, I I helped out with a uh, CZW event uh, with one of their cage of deaths. I forgot which one it was. Oh, okay. But I helped set up for a little bit, but then I left because everyone. It, I mean, I I know it's the wrestling world, but everyone was being like mega dicks, and I was not into it. And I was like, uh, listen, listen, I like I went there to try to like learn some stuff and like maybe yeah. just, like supporters, but they really just used me as free labor and created me like a complete dickhead. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm out. It, uh, it's but, CZW's dead now, so you don't have yeah. to worry about any bad memories anymore. Yeah, exactly. But so anyway, I left. I left before because I was supposed to stay. Literally, they wanted me to stay from twelve p.m. to one a.m. and I was like, mm, no. Uh, but uh, while I was setting up, I was getting chair. I was setting up the chairs in the for, for like the the, the fans. Yeah. This is this is pre COVID, obviously. I uh, I was setting up the chairs for the fans. And when I went back there, I got I snapped a picture. They just had three giant spools of barbed wire uh ready to just make weapons with. And I was like, damn. Um <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the guys who made weapons for the death matches this weekend and Gor- or Orlando Death Squad, if you've never heard of them. I have not. Um or as I call them, Gorlando Death. <laughs> um they're what, they- put them over. No, put them over. We have Orlando Death, Orlando Death. Um, they did, they were the ones responsible for that insane 
Deathmatch Palace that was the RS Spring Break main event. Jesus Christ, nice. that fucking they scaffolding. Were, yeah, they did the scaffold. They did the panes of glass. They literally made to a... Um, they made that to a T. They, of course, worked for No Peace Underground occasionally because um, No Peace runs out of Orlando, Florida. So if you're ever curious about them, they, they are just cool dudes. Um, they set up everything for... Planet Death, I believe, and the Nopi show Shall Graves, which I cannot recommend enough, was an absolutely fucking awesome show. If you've not seen it, highly recommend. Sue Young G. Raver, fantastic stuff. Fantastic oh, stuff. Oh, that's good to hear. And then um, Alex Colin Masada actually was on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. cool. So. Anyways. Yeah, did we talk about the end of this match, the Connor Clarkson AJ Gray match? Um, I don't think we did. Well, no. I don't think we talked about the ending of this match now. All right. Uh, what? Uh, the, uh, why don't we get into it? The ending was when AJ Gray puts Clack, uh puts Claxton through the barbed wire door. Yes, it was a uh, which was ma- major driver awesome. sorts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Emerald Flowision that he does. I yes. think he calls it Blue Eyes White Dragon is what he of calls. Of course, it. he does. Oh, fucking love it! Oh my, that's God. awesome. Yeah. AJ calls it Blue Eyes White Dragon. I believe. If, if AJ's <laughs> listening to this, the second he either corrects me or not. So. The second Yu-Gi-Oh! the second Yu-Gi-Oh! related thing that happened in the collective that I that I know of at least. I feel like this is a, the doofish first season. It's like you know, I wouldn't have expected. You think that hearing a Yu-Gi-Oh! term in a wrestling show would be something rare, and I but I have and I would only have two nickels for it. But I actually have two nickels for it, which is a lot more than you think yeah. it would be. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, fucked that me up entirely, but you get what I mean. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I know, again, I, I remember he didn't about. wear it for this show because it was too hot out. But Orn Vite comes out to the Kaiba jacket. He has the Kaiba jacket. <laughs> oh my. If you, I, I have to find a photo for you guys, but it's, it's the Kaiba jacket. Like, me and him have talked about anime. We have talked about sports. He is just an all around good guy. I can't say enough. But yes, if you're, if you're looking for your anime slash Yu Gi Oh references or invite an AJ Gray or two guys. Nice. Very nice. So, what Very are we nice. feeling for the vibe for this match? Uh, I gave this one, I gave this one a high bet. I liked it a lot. High man, yeah, I was a high man. I gave this match. Uh, I have it written down here as a meh. Okay. I yeah. like the two, the staple spot with the to the turnbuckle and the syringe spot were my the highlights, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I, I, ah, I, syringe spots. Syringe spot. The only spot that made me audibly go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, no, I was not about that spot. I was that spot, and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, dude, no way." <laughs> uh. <sighs> anyway, let's get into the main fucking event. We got Alice Cologne taking on Lucky Thirteen. For the newly revealed GCW Ultraviolet title, uh, what what did we think about this one? Um, I freaking love this match. Uh, I was drinking is, water, so I couldn't say, but I very much like this match too. Um, I mean, for me, the importance of this match means a lot because Alex Cologne, of course, one of my deathmatch heroes, one of my a guy I consider a friend in this business, who put in a lot of work to this main event. Um, of course, him and Lucky both had a very close connection with the late, great Daniel Tiberius Havoc. I'm one of the only people who will probably say his full name like that, if you ask. Um, they, they literally honored him the best way they could have possibly done. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to leave it at that, and we'll talk about the rest of this match. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is this would be a great tribute to Danny Havoc for sure. I am sad to say I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a Danny Havoc match, but I know how much he is respected because when he passed, like out everyone that was involved with Deathmatch Wrestling, even people that weren't, 
put out their hearts for him. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to I'm going to say this about Danny Havoc is in his career that was. I mean, he he literally is a transplant from the t- little little town of Cylinder, Iowa. I kid you <laughs> not, that's the name of it. Packed his bags, moved to Jersey to train with CZW, train with Zan- John Zandig, the legend John Zandig at CZW, and literally, I think, debuted at the one of the very first Terminal of Deaths in a Battle Royal death match, and the rest is history, as they put it, <laughs> because the matches he had were incredible. He was really, he was really the first hybrid death match wrestler, so a lot of the guys like Alex Colon, Lucky 13, those guys were inspired by Danny Havoc or were friends with him that understood his style. Because back then, everyone was just like, everyone wanted the big beefy bruisers of deathmatch wrestling. Everyone was like, oh, the muscular guys or the heavier set guys who can just kind of punch you and kick you and make you bleed real hard. He was the guy who wanted to incorporate like cruiserweight moves. Mm-hmm. He, was very, gotcha. he, was very, he was very agile for what he was able to accomplish. I mean, the guy has had countless matches. One that I always recommend to anybody who's ever, ever want to watch a day Havoc match. This is a retirement match with Alex Cologne from CCW's Down With The Sickness 2016. Mm. It, it was, at the time, CCW was peaking, but of course, Danny Havoc, being the CCW guy that he was, wanted to retire in a CCW ring. And Alex Cologne, who, if you ever listen to talk about this, didn't even want this match. He did not want to be the one to retire to him. Mm-hmm. And out, and Danny was like, "I want you to be the one to retire me." And they went out and had one of the best. Death, this is still in my top five all-time death matches ever Damn. because it's really, really that good. And the ending is absolutely poetic too. They told a fantastic story, which sometimes gets lost in the world of deathmatch wrestling these days. Is story, story, story is so damn important. I, I make that so clear on my. If you listen to Your Dose of Death. If you listen, the guys I have on, like Matt Tremont, Alex Cologne, they they love storytelling, and um, I can't recommend enough. Danny Havoc matches; they all tell really good stories, and it's it really is unfortunate he passed at a young age, and of course he retired at a young age as well. I think he only retired when he was in his thirties. Damn, because he had he had back issues late in like in his career, so he kept telling people, "I don't want to keep doing this," and. Um, and funny enough, he had the Terry Funk itch, as we love to say in wrestling, where he just wanted to keep coming back. And of course, unfortunately, Pat pre post COVID, we won't be able to really see more Danny Havoc. So rest in peace. And again, Alex, shout out to Alex and Lucky for really doing the man a service with this match. Yeah, let's get it. Why don't we get into this match? Absolutely. Uh, af- after those very beautiful words, uh, yeah. What what are some spots that stuck out to you guys? Uh, best one that I can remember, the first but one that showed up was when the two of them were fighting on the top rope and 13 just threw Cologne off the top rope through a glass pane chain mesh thing on the outside that I wasn't was, yeah. aware of. It was a chain mesh, yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Because again, it was literally like flashbacks of the match previous in the car. I was like, what the fuck? Why did you throw? Oh my God, where did that come from? <laughs> How long has that been there? Literally, that was my, that was literally, I was like, what the fuck? When did, How did I not notice that? Um, yeah, that was a really nasty spot to me. Holy crap. I mean, I'll tell you this. Alex has been doing this, I want to say 10 plus years or so. I mean, he was a guy who, if you've heard my episode with the Ordos of Death, 
his first experience was literally just being shoved into the deathmatch training side of things mm. with le- like legends like Bull Payne and Nick Gage getting his ass kicked. And now he's this guy who literally was given the, the keys to the kingdom, the keys to planet death, no pun intended, um, <laughs> to run a show and to be the main event. And he still goes 100%. He still goes 100% mm-hmm. with anybody. And, and Lucky's a guy he felt really needed this. Because Lucky's a guy who, if you followed his career, if you've known about him, he's a hybrid. He's a guy who's not, like, on the bigger side of things. But, like, he can move around. He can he can work any kind of match. And, I mean, he he gave it to Alex. He Alex did not hold anything back during this match. And, of course, mind yeah, you, there's a... There's a rain, there's a rainstorm coming at least 10, 20 minutes away. And so they had to like make sure they made this match counts and which mm-hmm. they did. So I mean that was a good spot, of course. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The uh, Tope Suicidos. The Tope Suicidos. Yeah. Where yeah. Lucky threw a chair as Alex had a light tube right in his head. And the light that tubes was- exploded on him, which is great. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And then <laughs> And then he does oh it again, God. and he hits it. 13 goes to jump onto him, and, and fucking Clone just whacked him out of the sky with a light tube. Yep. Oh, God. That, that was nasty. I have a spot run down here earlier on when he when fucking Cologne put 13 through a door with a Death Valley driver on the outside. I distinctly remember that 13 left a fucking, like, a smear mark on the door where he <laughs> yeah. landed. I was like, oh, my God. Let's um, see. Uh, uh, so uh, it was funny every time he did a did death valley driver i just kept saying general's order because that's um the name of danny havoc's finisher oh uh, it was general's order so i was like i just started screaming general's order <laughs> that's uh, that's the name of danny havoc's finish was the general's order so i always i always pop at that i i i, I had a little few tears in my eyes during this uh, just aw. like well if you saw you saw the promo at the beginning of the show yeah and of course, if you saw the end of that, it was Alex Cologne did a design himself of the Danny Havoc like shield and axe. Mm-hmm. Those are like his logos he'd always use because he was always called the Deathmatch Viking. Nice. So oh. That was a paying homage to Danny Havoc in his own way. Very nice. Nice. Uh, any other spots that sticks out to you guys? Uh, I don't know. We talked. We talked about. I I really like the 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 moon salt, but he gets caught by the tube. Uh, of course, we can't not talk about the uh, the end where they oh, where, this... where they try to light the glass paint on fire. I was so doesn't... sad. It, the wind just blew it. Mar- poor Mark. Poor Marcus is trying yeah, to right. And he's and they're like, God. And Nick Cage is like, You gotta do it now, Marcus. You gotta do it now. And yeah. of course, nothing happens. And of um. That's why I always tell people, like, just bring matches. Don't use the lighters. The lighters half the time don't even work. Mm-hmm. Just do a match and just, just put light it on and there. throw it and be out of there. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's easier, but I mean, sometimes it's hard to light glass, apparently, unless you put a ton of lighter fluid. And also, there's, I don't, it's windy, too. So, yeah, yeah it was windy about to rain. It was, but just... it was like the lightning storm that delayed WrestleMania's first night. Yeah. Was coming. It was coming after. Was coming. And Jimmy after Lloyd this. had to change shirts during. Apparently, TCW is on the banned list of of. Uh, w- of course, w- they are. The are shirts. Like, I had a friend who like like I don't know Vince knew who GCW was. I'm like, dude, they have a big streaming partner on Fight TV. Like the, the writers don't do actually watch outside WWE. I would think. I hope. Kind of <laughs> trying to pick out the. Next great idea for anybody, which now has turned into the Jimmy Lloyd Hurt business memes. 
Uh, I will say though, even though the glass plane did not get set on fire, the avalanche, the uh, avalanche Spanish fly looked great. Yes, yeah, the 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 finishing spots still look great even without the fire. I thought, and of course, Cologne picks up the win. This, Um, yeah, that's always Cologne's bread and butter, man. That Spanish fly is as good as it gets, and Mm -hmm. oh, you guys saw that. We we, I was saying we saw him take out uh, Nolan Edward with that. Yeah, yeah, he he took out Nolan Edward. But then no one wanted to get up in two, and Alex is like, I'm going to shoot on you then. So <laughs> there you that go for your troubles. Awesome. What a great match. Absolutely. I, one of my favorite matches of the year so far is Nolan versus Alex, in my opinion. It was very good. Like you said, the end where he just shot on him and just started beating him with the half of the door was absolutely And the camel bonkers. clutch. He is one of the few guys I see use a camel clutch as a finisher these days. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely insane. But this match was awesome. Uh, what 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 are we giving this one? Uh, what would you, I'm gonna let you guys go first with this. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give it the mark out. I liked it a lot. I thought it was mark super out. sweet. Mark, mark out, out as well. well. Cool. I was in the high med territory, but after the back the uh, the context that Lauren gave, it has shifted me into the mark out. <laughs> no mark out for me. I mean, this is the best match of the show, in my opinion. It, yeah, easily in, in my in my hierarchy of Planet Death matches. Alex versus Lucky is number one. Nolan Schlack's number two. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, it's kind of a tie between AJ and Claxton and Pondo Justice is my number three. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this match was uh, far and away the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the two guys who are the best workers. And, I mean, of course, kind of another little side note here is Lucky actually was friends with Danny. Mm-hmm. He's a very good friend of his. They were part of the probably one of the other most famous factions in all of Deathmatch Wrestling, the Nation of Intoxication. <laughs> With him, it was him, it was Danny Havoc, Lucky, and I believe it was also Devin Moore. I could be wrong, but I believe it's those th- three. And they had a really funny match I saw from a tournament of death back in 2012. It was a it was a drunken scaffold match. Oh where God. basically, so like of course, Nation of Intoxication. And it was a triple threat with the three of them. And mm-hmm. even the ref got on it in on this. It was a ref who was a friend of theirs who was leaving for California the next day where um, after every pinfall, they had to take a, sh- or the ref had to take a shot. <laughs> but all like, and whoever put on the pin took a shot too. But then there was a, there was a, there was a handle of Jaeger at the top of the scaffold. And if you make it to the top, you had to take a drink every time. Jesus. Oh my God! So, in all Danny Havoc fashion, Lucky knows too well what to do, and Alex knew as well. But um, the the big goal before Danny's passing was to get Lucky to Japan. Mm-hmm. That was his big goal, and of course, unfortunately, he can't see that through. So, Alex has taken it upon himself, as he has told me and told everyone who listens to his podcast on GCW Patreon, that his goal is to get Lucky thirteen to Japan. So, hopefully, this is a step in the right direction. Hopefully. I hope so too. Um uh, yeah, so so that that's Planet Death. Uh that is all the matches on Planet Death. Uh wh- why don't we why don't we give the the pay-per-view itself its own its own collective collective review. No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh no its own collective review here. Uh as a as a pay-per-view, what do you give in Planet Death on the mem- miss out mayor markout scale? Hmm. That was a math. It was a mad at me. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It was a mad like like a, like a lot of the matches that I was ready to be impressed by, kind of disappointed, and uh, 
but they, there were some highlights. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give it the complete miss out. But it was, it was, it was a meh for me. For yeah. Sure. yeah, I kind of feel the same thing there because like I'm, I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, there were like three matches here that got high miss, but there was a lot of mess that are here. And the one mark out was the was the last match, but <laughs> I don't think it carried the other matches that were like fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, it is what it is with this show. And I mean, I will say this. The thing is um, with this show was they were kind of on a race against time. Yeah, uh, a race against Mother Nature. It was Mother like, Nature. Like the last match, like it was gray. It looked like it was about to go like a fucking just a storm was about to Yeah, it and I, it felt kind of rushed at times as well with this show. I will uh, put it out there. Oh yeah, I think it was like I think there. I just remembered like Gray actually came out mid them cleaning up and said, "Cut yes. my fucking mood music, start my shit right yeah. now." Yeah, no, they did, and he's a- AJ is one of those guys. If you've seen him in person, if you've seen him wrestle, <laughs> he gives zero shits about your schedule. He will show up when he wants to show up, <laughs> and he does not care. But he loves what he does so much so that you really don't care if he shows up fashionably later or not. So. That's AJ Gray for you. I can see it. Very nice, very nice. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to Lauren for coming on the coming on Independent Waters and reviewing the show with us. Like I said, we couldn't do it without you, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so thank thank you so much again. Uh, before before we let you go, uh, it, I, I have I have uh, two things. One, how do you feel about the YDOD logo getting puked up? <laughs> Fucking hell! So you, I knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do um, it. Um, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny. I actually got a DM today from another show I'm sponsoring. Uh, shout out to Guantos Hardcore Crew. They're a deathmatch promotion in Mexico. Who I paid a nice little fee for to sponsor the DVD distribution slash IWTV broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally messaged me this morning and say. We won't have your logo puked on. <laughs> so I feel like today is that day where we're just going to talk about, eh, you know what? Shit happens. Yeah. It was hot as hell out those yeah. first few days. And I, 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 it just happened to be there. Um, speaking of my logo, I want to kind of give a big shout to the, the wonderful woman who made that logo a reality. Mango. If you're not seeing Mango's work on Twitter or anything like that, go check her out. She oh, she a, she did the uh uh the the little Jimmy Lloyd TV, right? Yes, yeah. She, she does a ton. She's a um, she does a ton of really cool art. She does a ton of AEWR. She does a ton of really awesome stuff. Um, I literally gave her the vision of what I wanted. I actually even just saw her go with like some weapons and stuff for the wording, and mm-hmm. um, she was absolutely flawed. Or um, actually drawn the floor flattered that I even sponsored the the collective weekend and she um she even like messaged me like wow it looks perfectly and some shout out to davy cole if you know davy cole beyond wrestler who just made his return to wrestling this past weekend for beyond um he was the one who painted the logo and cool. apparently i messaged him asking if he could send me a photo which he did and his fiance apparently loved this so your nice. dose of death is for the people by the people as i like to put it um so it was really awesome and yeah i mean jj grayer you had to puke on one logo it had to be mine you know <laughs> uh speaking speaking of your dose of death lauren why don't you why don't you tell the our audience who might not know what that show is about it 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I want to put it, it's the fastest rising, most talked about, fun, positive, shoot the shit kind of podcast you're going to see in the world of deathmatch wrestling. Your dose of death, of course, releases on Tuesdays, of course, sometimes on Thursdays, sometimes on Saturdays, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> just a lot of, um, I've had a lot of really fun people I've had on. I, and I want to kind of put this out there because some people always love to hear the wrestlers. Um, I've been so grateful to work with people of content of the content creative world, people who make merch, people who are podcasters like myself, people who are promoters because in deathmatch wrestling and in, in all wrestling, you can credit this, especially independent wrestling. It's not just about who's on camera. Mm-hmm. It's not about who's in that ring. It's about who's outside that ring. Who's doing their own contribution to wrestling. I want to give everyone and everyone the credit they deserve because without them, it, the op- the operation wouldn't be as successful as it is, and your dose of death. It's just a one man band and myself and whoever my guest is. I, I don't I don't plan on this. This was just a passion project of mine. I I love to make it like that. Um, also, I want to give a big shout out to Ray Houston of Faces and Feels podcast. I did a collaboration with him, where me and him um, are were did a little pick'em challenge for the ICW No Holds Barred Pit Fighter X Battle the Tough Guys tournament, where um, the winner picks a charity of his choice to donate to. The loser will donate to that ch- that respective charity. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that one as well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, mm-hmm. Love to get back to the to however I can. I'm a ph- philanthropist in my own right. Um, really, your dose of death. It's just it's a it's a fun time for people who are curious about deathmatch wrestling. I try to make it as fun, inviting as possible. And if you guys want to chat with me or just talk to me about the podcast deathmatch wrestling anything like that you can follow me all things your dose of death at lauren ydod again that is at lauren ydod l-o-r-e-n for spelling because everyone's gonna be like l-a-u-r-e-n nope lauren ydod (laughs) um uh, your dose of death is a fun time and again mikey zach thank you for having me on of course Um, man of course um, I love doing collaborative stuff. This is only the beginning. So <laughs> to any podcasters who are listening, anyone who was saying, I love, love, love collaborative efforts. So if you want to hit me up, hit me up. If not, that's okay. I'm just going to keep the train rolling. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. All right. And that, oh. that brings us to the end of our two episode collective special we talked about six different shows in, in, in this in this uh these two these two episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh you know, we gotta do we gotta get the plugs out of the way. Go check out Hit the Books every Friday where me and Ryan Nightsey uh book our own version of Ron SmackDown every week. Uh we, we just had our WrestleMania special and we are we, we took a little bit of a week off, but we're coming back strong. Uh, coming back strong with the Raw after Mania, the SmackDown after Mania, uh, things are gonna get things are gonna start heating up again. So c- come join us over there. Uh, of course, you're listening to Indie Water. Stay subscribed. Uh, give us that five star review over on iTunes. Uh, all that all that fun stuff. Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and of course, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, that's at CanUpPod where we talk about all things uh, in the world of wrestling and just the world in general. We just share our thoughts over there and hang out really. Uh, so uh, go check out the YouTube channel. Go check out the website, countoutpod.com. Uh, you can basically find 
everything that has to do with the podcast over on countoutpod.com. Yeah, there's there's bios on all of us, Lauren included. Uh, you know, I, I the website is one of one of me and Ryan's babies. We love that thing. So go check that out. Get, get give that the clicks when you can. Uh, and I think that's about it. Zach, anything to plug? Nope. Didn't think so. Lauren, looks like you got one more thing. Um, I think, oh, with Your Dose of Death as well, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts are really, really appreciated. I have I looked through those. I don't even have Apple Podcasts. I'm an Android guy, as you see. Yeah. I, I will look through those. Um, of course, I actually interviewed one guy who did give me a uh, five-star podcast who happened to be a promoter as well. Shout-out to Unsanctioned Pro, to Derek Very Unsanctioned cool. Pro, Fueled by Spite. Real sleeper of the collective as well. If you didn't you'll see that one, hit them up as well. But again, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, really cool. And of course, I have my own merch now. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I'll plug that as well, real quick. It's literally just go to whatamaneuver.net and just look up your dose of death. It's going to be on there. It's white type red paint. Um, shout out to John McNulty, a good friend of mine who created that design, made it short, sweet, simple, and bloody. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, of course. How can I forget the other two guests we had on these two uh, special collective episodes? We had Ryan of not only of Hit the Books, but also of G1 and Only comes out every other Monday here on the Countout Network. And we had Amanda of Amanda and Ashley from How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling who comes out every Thursday here on the Countout Network. So go check out those shows as well. Give them a follow. Give them a five-star review. The whole spiel I just gave you about this show, go do it for them as well. Uh, they, They are putting out great content and they deserve it. Uh, and I think with everything out of the way, that just leaves me with one last thing to say, and that is to remember, there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. This has been a Count Out Podcast.